Hi guys, this is Doug Wagner. I'm the writer of Plastic and Vinyl, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Spectacular, as usual. Incredible. Hey, it just never gets old, does it? I guess never not. ever. No. no. It's like peanut butter and jelly. When you started doing that, I bet you were out of here. I was, gonna, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I got Vince, you. Vince wouldn't get the joke. No, he definitely yeah. would. Yeah. I got you. I definitely didn't think the Simpsons was still going to be on this year when, when you first started making that Simpsons sound on the show. It's incredible. It just keeps rolling. Yeah. 35. There is no better gold mine than getting a network cartoon. It, it, I mean, all of those shows are still going on. The, South Park still going on. Uh, Family Guy still going on. Simpsons yeah. still going on. And, like, the creators just they, they just collect like 30, 40, 50 million bucks a year. <laughs> just, just keep rolling along. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, South Park's the easiest to produce out of all of them. Yeah, those guys are making yeah. the most. Because I, I can't split it though. Like right. Farland gets all the money. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we get all the money too because we're eleven o'clock comics. <laughs> all of it. Episode eight hundred and twenty-five, yo. Oh. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. Indeed, you are, and I need you both to give me blood because I'm Spec the Vengeance Buzzard. Yo, jeez, back up a little. Ye- <laughs> You're not Spec the Vengeance Buzzard. You're Jason Wood, everybody, and I swear that I can hear the pitter patter of little feet in the background. No, I think that's a refrigerator. It's not that's a, my, it's not a feet. Who, buzzing who, appliance. Who is this? Uh, hello, everybody. It's me, Tony Fleece, uh, world famous comic book writer and artist. You might have and, read some of my comic books like Stray Dogs, My Little Pony. <laughs> Transformers versus My Little Pony, Star Wars Adventures, and many more. Oh, it's so good to have you back. Time sh- Come on, Time Shopper dog? You don't time Shopper, that's right. A lot of people got Time Shoppers in their mailbox by now. That's okay. what I'm saying. I got my copy sitting right next to me here. We uh-huh. really went on a journey, you and me and, the, and that book. You were there at the beginning. You saw it come all the way to fruition. Facts. Twice. Two times. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a delightful book. And uh, speaking of delightful, we always got to genuflect in the presence of our patrons. Yep, because they are the sweet-ass folks that make this possible for you each and every week, sometimes more than once a week. So if you got to blame somebody, you know who to do. It is 11 o'clock comics at patreon.com forward slash one one. No apostrophe, 11 o'clock comics. Take a look around. There's a whole mess going on. We would love to uh, have you join the family. Indeed. They already know the drill. I don't have to go through it every episode. I was thinking... No, nah, you're right. You're yeah, right. they know it. If, if, if you were interested enough to check it out, anything I say is not going to propel you in either direction. So That's right. It's true. But I'm just glad uh, Tony's here because it's been far too long since we've uh, had him in our presence. He friggin' ghosted us at New York Comic Con, which, yeah. you know, I'm still, eh, it would have made the show tolerable if Tony was there. <laughs> but, you know, he has things to do. He's a bon vivant. He's out there in the world. And we're just glad to have him right now. Yeah. 
Thank you. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I would have loved to have been in New York. I would love to go to that Felix dinner with you guys. That seems like a real fancy time. It, it was it was something else. Yeah, it was. Ah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was the... I don't remember. I'm sure you discussed it here on the show. But what was the food that you had at the Felix dinner? I Peruvian. Hear- we, we had Peruvian food. Was it good? It was delicious. Um, and I... Uh, I consider myself a uh, fairly well uh, well traveled eater, yeah. but uh, I don't think I'd ever had Peruvian food before. So, lots of uh, vinegary like based sauces and flavors, like very much like they're into the the bitter, you know, and the which yeah. I, I'm a fan of. Um, so yeah, I was a fan of it. A lot of seafood. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't remember what my booze got because they didn't save me a seat next to them, so I, I don't remember what they ate. Again with but, this. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I enjoyed what I had. Salmon. What did Brian K. Vaughn have? That's a good question. Um, Jason, I think he had the same thing mouth. I had. I think he was like, "Oh, that sounds good. I'll have what you're having." So, in which case, it was uh, it was it was um, it was a vinegar-based fish dish, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, you know, you want to hear something a little sad? I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, I was uh, informing my students on the. Uh, magnificence of Kim Young-ji, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I showed a number of examples of his work, and I was like, this guy was a one-in-a-zillion talent, um, pulled all of this stuff from seemingly nowhere, made it look incredibly easy when, in fact, it was probably extremely difficult to do. And uh, I think like him, draw like him, approach the canvas like him. And then I'm thinking, holy crap, it wasn't too long ago that we sat at the very same table with this man. And now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like one of those ice cold slaps in the face. Like everything is impermanent. I mean, we, we were in the presence. I mean, many people qualify for greatness at those dinners right but here we have like the this this stellar craftsman and now he's gone it's true so i don't want to bring the room down but you mentioned the dinner and i was just thinking that and i mean i just miss the guy and and the world is is at a loss for his uh departure but i thought you were going to go another direction and say that you pull all these amazing Kim Young-ji uh, examples and showed your class, and they were like, eh. Oh, no, 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 no. This was uh, my faith in them, what little I have, was uh, <laughs> was fulfilled because they were in awe of the man's talent. Okay, cool. How could you? I mean, come on. I think that's a, that's a litmus test. If you don't just gasp at, at the man's work, then really your ass should not be in that seat. For sure, you're not going to devote your life to creating when you're in the the. If you're in the presence of that kind of greatness and you don't realize it, then do you want fries with that? Go go sell burgers or something because you shouldn't be making art. Mm. I hate to draw a line, but there are there are very few that qualify for that, and and Kim was one of them. Mobius, you know. I'm glad I went and saw and do one of those presentations that he did when I had the chance. It was one, you know, like I don't go out and do a lot of stuff, uh, but me and the studio guys went and saw, he came to LA and did like a, a presentation where it was like drawing and going through like how his mind works and his creativity. It wasn't like a TED talk. It was, it was just like a demo. Like he just stood up there and drew and 
sort of broke down how he did perspective. I've seen the clips online of him breaking down how he did perspective, but it was super fascinating and like uh, like inspiring. Great one of my one of my happier you know like L.A. comics memories was going to that with my guys. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Amazing, amazing talent. Yep. Mm-hmm. And whenever Tony Fleece joins us, you know his name's going to be in bold because he's that big. Oh. Yep. I always bold your name because I love you. In yeah. the episode description? Ev- everywhere I can possibly bold it, I bold it. Oh, nice. Yep. We'd love to see it. Yeah. So uh, drink roll call. I'm boring. Uh, world's greatest cup of coffee. Congratulations. And <laughs> it is Christmas. <laughs> Right? I love you. And the cherry limeade. I love you. I love you. These are both from drive-thrus, though? Like, how, how uh, them? No, well, it's McDonald's. I, I only drink McDonald's coffee. And yeah, the, but they have the Saturday. Keurig McDonald's coffee. They have the what? The Keurig. Uh, no. He doesn't have a, he doesn't no, have a Keurig. I, I, no, that's, it's not up to snuff. It's not as good as the mm-hmm. the genuine article. So. Mm, I disagree, but that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm not I, I, destroying the environment in the process. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, yep. Because you're so green. Screen. So green. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I am drinking Stoke iced coffee with uh, with some oat milk barista edition and a uh, little 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 stevia and uh, I have some uh, some uh, grapefruit seltzer to to wash it down once the once the cafefe is done. Nice. Is that 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 S T O K with 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 a little accent over the O. Yeah. Okay. Nice. What you drinking, Tony? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm making it a coffee aroma. I'm having from the curing <laughs> Illy coffee. Uh, okay. I did the ten ounces, uh, but then I filled up the cup the rest of the way with a little bit of Leopold Brothers Three Chamber Rye Whiskey uh, that I got from. Uh, the realtor when I bought this house, she gave me this bottle, and I've just been sitting. I here. bet she did. Yeah, I <laughs> I did. With that six percent so. sitting in her checking account. Yeah, she did good. I got this whiskey though. Um, nice. So yeah, that's in there. I'm gonna probably switch to just regular coffee in a minute. I'm gonna see if I can mm-hmm. still work some tonight. Before Dap says what he's drinking, is there a bigger racket on the planet than real estate agents? <laughs> Well, it was great for me because you know me, like, uh, I'm not uh, engaged at all. And so anything, I just need somebody to go, like, please just go do this and I'll pay you and and then we can have it done. Like, everything seems like an imposition to me except for drawing or writing or, you know, like, uh, my artistic temperament makes everything difficult. So, like, real estate agent, very helpful. Handyman, very helpful. You know, anybody that I can just bring in to do something that is outside of my purview is, is great for me. It's a. Uh, are you being sponsored by the uh, National Realtors Association? <laughs> now that was like a commercial for realtors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like if anybody out there is happens to be a uh, momentarily wealthy cartoonist, that would be my recommendation. <laughs> momentarily, <laughs> someone who possesses transient wealth. That's right. You're just like, get rid of it. Again. And also, I can't keep my mind on things for too long unless they're, you know, perspective or how to draw hands. Hey, at least you bought a house, whereas, like, Tony Harris bought a Bill Watterson drawing. You know, so. 
Right. You did the better move. And shoved his fist up to everybody asses who. uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Asshole. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing finer than a well placed asshole. At the end of it, asshole. Oh, uh, we're just spouting truth tonight. Well, I was I, I was going to be really low key and have um, have uh, some cranberry and seltzer. Mm. Um, uh, but there's a little bit of a nip in the air, and there's a chill in this room, so I needed something to uh, warm me up a smidge. So I, thanks to our very very good friend, um, since we have an image creator on tonight, I figured I would open this because it was gifted to us from an image creator. Uh, super huge thanks to our main man, Sanford Green. Um, I am, in air quotes, enjoying, because it's scotch, uh, Ardbeg single malt scotch whiskey. The ultimate non-chill filtered, uh, smoky, sweet, singularly rounded is what it says on the label. Um, it is a, it, it, it. It's a little smoother. It goes down better than that um, than that scotch that we had. That, uh, the one gentleman sent to Jason when we were all at his house. That one New York um, doesn't have the heavy chloroseptic taste, but it does. It, the smoke is definitely here. So I I, I had some of this uh, just neat, just to like I said, just to warm up a little bit. But I have a little bit of um, I have some seltzer next to me, so I can uh, kind of um. Thin it out a bit as uh, as the night goes on. So much seltzer in the game tonight. You guys are all got that seltzer standing. Gotta have the bubbles, dog. Yeah, yeah. That soda stream is one of the best things I ever bought. Nice. Talk about the comics. Yeah, Yeah, we probably should. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I know Vince sometimes uh, prods me to start, so I'll start tonight. I'll volunteer to start. <laughs> what, what's the giggle? I prod you. You always start. It's I like, don't. it's like the Dude, template. I never, no, no. I start because you're like, Jason, what are you reading? Yeah, because I like it when you start. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I have been low key putting off this conversation for some time, but. Uh, the time is now. It is time to raise my glass uh, and and give a final farewell to uh, with no hyperbole because we are sometimes prone to hyperbole around here. When you talk about comics for hours each week, you you sometimes run out of adjectives and can profess to love things. Maybe in retrospect, you didn't love quite as much as, as it seemed in the moment. But this, I assure you, is no hyperbole. Uh, I am raising my glass to the end of uh, easily one of the half dozen favorite comic runs uh, I've ever read, um, and that is Deadly Class. Uh, We had 56 glorious issues, 57 if you count the free comic book day, but um, I went back, uh, issue 56 came out, I think, what, three, four weeks ago now? And... um, I had held off reading it sort of because I didn't want to face the fact that it was ending. Uh, and I really wanted to go back and reread the entire series before I read the final issue. And I did that over the weekend. The uh, The scheduling gods allowed me to uh, sit in my great room and relax for a bunch of hours unabated. And I just let it engulf me and I read the whole reread the whole thing. 
Um, and then, and then of course read the final issue and, uh, got a little teary, not going to lie. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I wanted to say when I was thinking back on the experience, I thought, you know, we spent, I don't know how many hours, thousands of hours over the years now talking about this art form that we love. And we do at times try very hard to put, um, a lot of detail and analysis and thoughtful thoughtful commentary into what we like or dislike about something, uh, why it appeals to us or why it doesn't. And, you know, with this, I thought it reminded me that sometimes, like, the things you love, you just love. And it's it's not necessarily a formula, right? Like, it's not like, oh, because of factors X, Y, and Z and, and subject matter one, two, and three, it all, you know, sometimes, sure, when you're reading a book, those kinds of things, you're like, oh, I really like that idea or like that genre. In this case, I don't know that there's there's a, 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 a cohort of, like, things that are like, oh, obviously, those are things Woodrow loves, right? Like, that. that's not the case with this one. For me, it's just as one of those books that I'm, I don't even want to turn it into an academic analysis of why I loved it. I loved it from the very first issue, and I never stopped loving it. And it really is that simple, you know. I, I I couldn't give you a really thoughtful analysis of why, in particular, this book hit me the way it did versus so many other comics that we've read uh, over the years. But this one did it for me, you know. And uh, certainly, I, I've I, I Rick Remender, the writer, is certainly someone that I've loved the vast majority of the stuff he's done, so that contributed. Uh, I certainly think Wes and in Wes Craig and what he did in this book is exceptional on all levels. Uh, and they made perfect music together to me. Um, and I just, I thought it was a book that never once lost the level of quality that it had at the beginning. And we went through this journey with these characters that I came to care about very genuinely. And, you know, the final arc, which is roughly eight issues, seven or eight issues, went in a way I didn't necessarily expect in the sense that it 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 showed... Um, it, it showed the main characters as they aged through the years. And, and each issue would have like a banner showing you the year. And we jumped decades at, in some cases uh, into the future to basically modern to, to now to modern times. Cause the book, for those that don't know, the book is set in the, in the late eighties at the start and they're in high school. Um, and uh, it really, you could, you could see as it wrapped up that in a lot of ways, this was a cathartic, journey for rick and you know we've we've long time listeners know we've had rick on the show a bunch of times rick is nothing if not truthful in his emotions he's also someone who uh and again i'm not talking out of school here he shared this quite openly in in his on his own he can get very very emotional and angry and sad about the world um you know he said at the start of deadly class that even though it was a book about a bunch of angsty teenagers being taught how to be assassins at a school, which is a fantastical idea that the roots of it were, uh, were super personal and, and based on life experiences that he and his wife had growing up, uh, in LA, um, in the eighties. And I, I guess I didn't expect it to get as personal as it did in the final arc where, um, Marcus and Maria are aging um, and, and their lives have become much more normal, you know, and, and, and then, um, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but, but they're normal to a point, but then because of the lives they lived as, as younger people, eventually things do come back to a head and they have to 
kind of get back to business. But uh, but you see their journey into relatively like normal existence and 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 trying to come to terms with that and ultimately accepting that uh, like their past is their past. And uh, you know it was a metaphor for a lot of us, right? Like like you have a childhood, you have life experiences. Some of us are wild child. You know, some of us have wilder past than others. But 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 you kind of wake up one day, at least for me, and you find yourself like you're not that person anymore. You know. Um, and, and this really just, just hit me in all the right ways. Um, so for me, it's, it's one of the greatest comics I've ever read. Um, and you know, I, I'm totally fine if no one else listening to this feels as strongly about it. I I hope it was as enjoyable for a lot of you, uh, as it was for me. And, uh, you know, I don't think comics that hit us in this way come around all that often. So when they do, I think we need to celebrate them. You know, even if it's just a personal connection as it is with me. Uh, I just think we need to raise our glass and uh, and and just you know this will be a book that stays with me forever. So uh, you know so kudos to them and I'm gonna miss it and uh, and I know Def's often made the point like the book's still gonna be there so I can revisit it when I'm nostalgic for it and who knows if we're still doing the show in a decade maybe I'll get you fools to actually read a big chunk of it for a book of the month who knows but uh, no but I just you know I love it and uh, I, I wanted to make sure on one of these episodes, I gave it the proper send off because, uh, you know, it is over. And, uh, so, so cheers. Nice. Uh, so satisfying ending. Fantastic to me. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't pay much attention anymore to comic opinion outside of our own. So I have no idea whether the final arc was loved, hated in the middle. I don't know what other, fans of the of the series thought of it but i i thought it was terrific i thought it was right. poignant and 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 very fitting and and apt for you know what we know of of, of rick and his personality and yeah so well you see you just said two things that that uh always resonate with me one mm-hmm. um you don't pay much uh mind to uh external opinion yeah and you are um uh, can't, I don't want to say careless, but uncaring whether or not the ears on the other end are clicking with the stuff that you're talking about. And I, I think that's important for any kind of, um, I don't want to say we're reviewer, but just commentators, right? You talk about the stuff you love and you don't give really two hoots about what everybody else thinks about it. Yeah, I, I, that I think just that makes is- for honest commentary. Yeah, I, listen. I think not. This is not a time to blow smoke up our own asses. But I think if we were to dissect while we're still around after all this time, still doing this, both because we enjoy it, but also because people like to still listen to it, I think that's that's one of the things, right? We talk about the fact that we're we're, we're consistent. We always put out every week. We put out an episode, which certainly helps. But also, uh, I, I think at the core, we always talk about stuff that we genuinely care about. And yeah, right. like certainly. Up, listen, it would be ridiculous to suggest that we don't hope and 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 enjoy when other people that listen to the show enjoy what we like right that that i certainly would prefer that like i'd prefer if it's great to if you know 100 people now come out and say oh dude i you know i i, I agree i loved it or yeah i went and read it because if you and we get that a lot so it's not like that doesn't mean anything but i think um all of us you know and and, and our recurring guests like i think everybody we all kind of share that of the idea of like we're we're old we've read a lot of comics and like i think we have a confidence in that like we have reasonably good taste right like we're not we're not out there on a on an island right. like trying to say oh and and we're not focused on what the hotness is now sometimes the books we talk about are 
books of the moment because we're excited about them legitimately. But it's never. I think we're we're all genuine in that we talk about stuff that we we enjoy. Uh, you know, be damned. Now, the only caveat to that is I, I'm, and I'm, I think you guys are the same way. Like, if we love something, and then the the other two are like. Eh. You know that 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 hurts a little just because you're like sure oh. yeah yeah but, but that doesn't happen often. I mean, no. there are things we we love like this blank where I know you guys aren't like I know you guys don't share my passion for this book because you never really have anything to say about it. So it tells me you haven't read it in a long time. If if you know since it, but and that but that's fine. Like but but it it'd be different where I would be upset if you were like ah oh, dude I think that book's crap. Like no. then I'd be like ah oh. well, well I mean what kind of the proof is in the pudding. Look at it. I mean it looks phenomenal. I'm, and what I've read was very well constructed. You know, Rick's a good writer. Sure. But uh, recently, you know, speaking of blowing smoke, I, I had to laugh. And I don't know. I'll, I'll do a, a shout out to iFanboy, who, who gave their book of the week or whatever they call it last week to mm-hmm. Fantastic Four number one. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, seriously, did you not read this issue? <laughs> like that that's just a case of of trying to jump on the hotness and it's not. It it, it lukewarm at at best. But that's just the one thing I I admire and I and I require honesty. And sure. I think that's, you know, at, at least all but Tony, we're we're pretty honest people, right? <laughs> You know, um, I'll make a uh, I'll make a point of getting back on Deadly Class. I I did let it fall by the wayside for for no other reason than there's just too many distractions. How many no. hardcovers is it? What's that, Tom? How many hardcovers is it? Um, it's like twelve trades. Yeah. Um. Gosh, that's a good question. I I I I don't. I'll have to look it up. I don't offhand know. I mean, I I have um double dipped like i own all the this is one of the this is one of the last remaining series that i continue to buy in single issues um because again collector nerd mentality once you start you gotta can't you gotta i can't change format but i also buy the hard covers which i think are like 12 issues a piece yeah so but it could be more let me let me check i, I that's a good question i don't i don't know offhand because i do read this in issues but i do have the hard covers that just but they're sitting basically unread so uh let's see nice Dab, how far have you read into Deadly Class? I think it was just the one that we talked about on the show, right? I um, I was definitely I was there at the beginning with um, when the new class when 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 the intro when the freshmen we meet when we first meet um, the crew uh, after they graduate because we get. Uh, we get the new class. We get the metalhead and um, helmet. And, yeah, and yeah, and then we, and then there was the huge swerve. There was the big reveal about a certain character. So I, I was there for that. Um, I don't think that's past issue twelve, right? No, it is. Oh no, no helmet. Yeah, hel- the the second the the second year class, like the class after the original class, which includes helmet, uh, is is after the. It's a couple arcs in. It's after the midterms yeah. and the final. I want to say I, I probably read up to maybe twenty ish, twenty something. Maybe, All right, well, because I re- I remember reading that too. So I'm about the same yeah. as you then. Yeah, uh, t- Tony, answer your question. Uh, there have been three deluxe edition hardcovers released to date. The third one, which came out in March of this year, uh, went from issues thirty two through forty four and had that free comic book day one shot. 
So uh, the there's one more that isn't hasn't that's been solicited that hasn't come out yet. So there'll be four hardcovers, which, which include the whole series. Nice. I'll grab that first one. I'll go, I've, I've heard you talk about it for years, and I always thought to myself, oh, I'll give that a look. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Nice. I have something. I oh, you oh. go. No, you go. I'm. Yeah, I would love to hear your little voice there. <laughs> um, I am. Listen, I'm ashamed to say that I'm not current with the show, so I'm, I'm a couple weeks what? behind. So I'm sorry. <laughs> He's making money. Leave him alone. I'd rather make money too. Oh, but no, but you can't be the fourth chair and not be up to date. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Do you want to start over without me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're good. This is uh, It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth by Zoe Thurgood. Did you guys talk about this at all? No, not yet. I, I have it. I haven't read it, though. Same. <sighs> I'm interested to hear what you guys think when you get to it. I, I mean, there's it's an autobio comic, so mm-hmm. spoilers is, you know, relative. I mean, she <laughs> she makes comics, and she has adventures, and she has depression. That's Those are the spoilers. Um, it's I thought it was great. This book uh, is the second book by Zoe Thurgood. I have not read the first one. I ordered it, though, after reading this. This one just sort of grabbed me because uh, the cover was uh, interesting. And I like the colors on it. Like, the whole design of it, I was like, one of the few rare sort of, like, comic shop pickups where it just, I see it, I don't know anything about it, and I grab it because it's interesting looking, and then I really ended up digging it. Um, and it had it was an image book. So not to, you know, like I'm not, I don't get anything for plugging image books, but I, I do look at those as sort of like, oh, like fanographics, you know, you're like, oh, it's going to be at least a level of, you know, quality here. So I, I knew I was going to be okay to a certain extent. Um, but it's about this lady, Zoe Thoroughgood, a young woman cartoonist uh, who lives in the UK. Um, and she has depression. She has like suicidal ideation. Um and it's about it's just like six months in her life um and sort of going through her finishing books and like at a certain point it's like this is all about her leading up to going to new york comic-con and she sort of makes it a thing where like the way she gets through is she sort of looks forward to this new york comic-con um and then covid comes along and, and fucks it up she can't travel out of out of the country and so then it's like, all right, well, what, what am I looking forward to now? So she goes to Thought Bubble. Very relatable for me, a person that goes to, I mean, I'm not a, a, a 23-year-old woman with suicidal ideation, but I do go to comic conventions by myself a lot. So I understand the, like, the loneliness <laughs> of that. Um, but the, the, the star of the show on this thing for me um, because it is like an interesting story, uh, but just sort of like a, a slice of life, like drop in, see what's going on with this person who who is, you know, I, I have things in common with her, but there are obviously things that are very different between both of us. Um, but the, the real star of the show is how she um, plays with the format of comics when she's making the story. Because when, I, when like, when you hear me lay it out like that, where it's like, you know, young woman, cartoonist, going to Comic-Cons, depression, you know, sort of like dealing with stuff. It doesn't sound like a page turner, but she's so good at at 
figuring out how to play with the comics format that it's it's almost like a, a song where the content of the lyrics are are heartbreaking but the beat is incredible you know where it's like it just keeps you moving through it um and at the same time you're getting your medicine you're you're hearing the story uh that's like important and about how you know like what it's like to to be in this girl's shoes but at the same time just the way that she presents it by sort of like switching formats and like the character will have one face in one panel and another face in another panel and then sometimes it'll be uh, a photograph or sometimes it'll be color sometimes it'll be black and white and it sounds um like experimental and and sort of like a you know up its own ass sort of like pretentious sort of way but <laughs> the way it's presented is more um like it's sort of a throwaway she's just like of course this is how you would make comics you know like this is how this panel is and the next panel is like this and but it's not without purpose either like it all pays off and they're like laughs and they're sort of like um like i i get off on very good page turns there's really great page turns that have to do with like how she's playing with the format um so uh, just uh, I'm, I always get excited when I discover somebody new and it seems like, you know, being the older I get, young people are <laughs> the, obviously the ones who make the new stuff. Um, so I got excited when I read this thing because I was like, oh, this is cool. Hopefully she makes more comics, you know, that are of this, you know, they don't have to be autobiographical or whatever. I ordered her other book. Um, what's it called? The Impending Blindness. Yeah. Yeah. Or- a range. First one. Yeah, okay. Range. She just drew the impending blindness of Billy Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is is the other one that she wrote and drew. Um, but yeah, just exciting. You know, like I, I like finding somebody new who does something cool, and and she does something cool, and it's not, you know, it wasn't like right down the middle for me where it's like, oh, this is the sort of thing that I always like. You know, like if, it's not like she did like a revenge story that has you know like uh dracula's and hip-hop in it you know like (laughs) (laughs) can you make that your next book because i think that sounds right (laughs) my alley (laughs) i'm writing it down (laughs) yeah highly recommended uh i don't know if i've done a great job describing it i'll read the back real quick cartoonist zoe thurgood records six months of her own life as it falls apart in a desperate attempt to put back put it back together again in the only way she knows how it's lonely at the center of the earth is an intimate meta-narrative look into the life of a selfish artist who must create for her own survival. Uh, so yeah, big thumbs up from me uh, and excited about uh, what this creator makes next. Yeah. I really like her presence on the page. Uh, yeah. Admittedly though, I've, I, I haven't read anything uh, by her, but I think this is the one. Yeah. You'll dig it too. And I like, I'm excited that all that, uh, that Jason and Dap have it already too because whenever I'm reading something like this I think about Jason's aversion to like uh, slack content <laughs> I always like what constitutes a slacker this woman has a job for sure and she and like her whole thing is that she has to like the only way she can keep going is by doing the work so but she also lives a very sort of like you know slackery life yeah like uh, she's yeah. not putting on She's not putting on shoes every day type lifestyle. Then again, it's Jason, young lady, struggling through some kind of mental health oh, it's issue. Right up my alley. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I just posted in our chat here. I, 
I got a beautiful. She's she's a cadence. Uh, she's ripped by Paolo and and yeah. and. Oh. Um, so I, I have a beautiful domino from her. But to your point, I mean, that really wasn't. It was more out of like, oh hey, we're repping Zoe Thorogood, and I you know I saw the examples. I'm like, wow, I, I love her line. Really wasn't familiar with her as a creator, but when that solicit came, I mean, I thought, okay, well, this is right up my alley. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, a creator that, uh, and Hey, listen to your point about her needing to create to, 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 for her mental wellness makes me feel all the better. Cause I, I, I helped her create at least for a day. I'm so giving, yeah. I'm a giver. <laughs> Altruistic till the end. Like till the end, right? It's amazing. Yeah. It's a oh, once, um, when, when, when I saw the solicit for it and, um, I was I was happy to see her. You know th- that image was publishing it, but I what once once impending blindness Billy Scott came out. I was like I I'm keeping an eye on on this young lady. And um, so you, so you read that one? I no I ha- I have it and um, center is is on its way. It, it's um, I ordered it through DCBS, so it's it, it's coming shortly. But um, you'll get in February. I, I I just double checked to make sure it, it's it's it was filled. I just should be in the next box. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I, I think she's, I, I, I really like her work. Um, I am not going to, um, I'm not going to comment on, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I, I was going to go somewhere else, but it, it, she's, she's, she's a fantastic illustrator. Yeah, well, the good news is she can also uh, write and and tell us a, a story in the comic yeah. book format. So that's, I mean, like I haven't, I can't really remember the last time I read something. I was like, this motherfucker is really doing things, you know. Like she's just part of it, I guess. And she and she explains it in the book where like part of being suicidal is being fearless, right? I mean, and this is not really like a pro suicide argument that I'm making, but. There is a fearlessness to the the way she fucks with with the comic page and the and the layout of this thing that is very charming to me and and, and like really you know as soon as you start reading it, you're just like well, I want to read the rest of this you know like you just keep turning every page so and 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 not because it's like a not because the plot is so gripping that you're just like what's going to happen next you know yeah it's hard to be fearless. Yeah, she's doing it. Especially when you realize how many eyes are going to be on your 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 output, it's it's uh, a very very scary thing to mm-hmm. have no fear. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a a pretty robust imageorama this time around. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I got something too. When you're done, nice. Um, I'll be totally honest. I read a lot of garbage this week, <laughs> and <laughs> and I was I was looking for. Uh, an oasis, uh, a, a momentary uh, reprieve, a- and I found one in the work of a man who has a visual language that's very reminiscent of the great Alex Toth. And I'm talking about Paul Grist. Mm. Love me some Paul Grist. So uh, I, I was... Uh, thumbing through the stuff that we picked up at New York Comic Con and I bought uh, a good amount of grist uh, specifically this one's called Kane Volume 3 Histories which of course was written and illustrated by Paul Grist published by Image of course it reprints Kane number 9 to 12 now the thing that really did it uh, for me 
Stop sending messages, will you? Um, <laughs> is that <laughs> is that I really appreciate it when a creator devotes as much attention to the villain as they do to the hero, right? Um, Doctor Doom became so much more real to me when they they took the megalomaniac uh, big brain and they added that angle. Uh, with the magic and his mother, it just humanized him a bit. Uh, became he became a little more relatable to me, other than a guy in a in a you know in armor who just wants to uh, thinks he has the best solution to every problem. Um, and in this case, Kane's uh, Detective Kane's nemesis is Oscar Dark. He's the big bad in in Kane. Um, uh, Kane, of course, New Eden Police Department, but um, histories gets into it cracks that nut that's oscar dark right and you get the the whole backstory on this this dude uh yes he's a reprehensible human being um but grist went a good distance to make him a little just a little bit more human um the the arc starts with uh, his mother martha dark and she leaves home, runs away from home because she's sexually abused by her father. And uh, now she's in her early teens, young, young lady, right? So she's got nowhere to stay. She plops her ass on a park bench and she's approached by a policeman who then prompts to sexually assault her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so she she turns to a life of prostitution and eventually has a son, Oscar, you know, the big bad, uh, who may or may not have been fathered by another man with a badge, Officer Costello. Um, there, there are many scenes where Oscar's a little street urchin, he's, he's stealing stuff, and he's, you know, just pretty much making himself a nuisance and, and throwing himself at the law. Um, Officer Costello is a hard ass, but whenever he has a run-in with Oscar he uncharacteristically goes a bit light on the kid. So, and Martha hates him. Um, the, the one, there was one altercation where Officer Costello brings Oscar home and Martha's like, oh, Jesus, you know, why do you have to have a run-in with this guy of all guys? So, you know, you put two and two together and I'm guessing that Officer Costello is Oscar's father. But uh, there, there's one scene... And it's a tipping point, really, where Oscar witnesses a, a mob man murder the owner of a floral shop. He he tries to to fleece him for uh, you know protection money, and the uh, the proprietor he's not having it. He pulls out a gun, and the mob guy just blows him away, cold blood, just shoots him. And Oscar witnessed the whole thing, right? So before the mob guy leaves, he, he throws Oscar a bouquet of roses, telling him, you know, go give these to your mother. And Oscar does, and she beats the fuck out of the kid with the roses and scars him forever. Like, he's got a face just riddled with, with scars because she beat him with the bouquet of roses, right? So not long after this, the police find Martha dead. And she, she's on the floor of her little dingy apartment she's got a you know bullet hole in her and there's all letters strewn around her um and oscar's missing 
So Costello is is well aware of where the boy retreats, and he chases him into this. Well, he doesn't chase him, but he finds him in the sewer system, and Costello tries to reason with the kid, and Oscar just blows him away, just murders him, just kills him. So you have matricide and possibly patricide on the very same day. But, like I said, Dark is a despicable human being, but you kind of maybe feel a little bit of sympathy for the kid. I mean, he did not have a good upbringing. Mom beat the shit out of him with a bouquet of roses. Uh, But, I mean, if it was only that, I think it it would go uh, a good distance to... To, to making the villain a little bit more relatable, but Grist uses this devastating framing mechanism while he's telling this, the tale of, of young Ostker. Martha's writing these letters. Like, there'll be little ripped pieces of paper in the panels, right? And she, she's writing a series of letters to a sister she just initials M that she left back home. You know, when she got the hell out of Dodge because dad was sexually abusing her, she left her sister there. So, I mean, usually they're like, I'm getting out of here, Em. I'll send you a ticket when I've settled in. Another letter like, life is good, Em. Haven't forgotten my promise. I had a son, Em. You know, he's my purpose for living. You got to come share in my joy and we can be happy. We can live happily ever after. But when her body was found... All those letters, they were unsent. She was writing them to herself. Mm. That is freaking devastating. <laughs> like, just trying to grasp onto something in this mentally unstable, of course, but trying to latch onto something to get her through this, this day-to-day hell. It's like, ugh. But, uh, so the, the story flip-flops. It goes back and forth from... You know, uh, the, the past to the present day. And in, in the present day, uh, Oscar Dark is shot while attending a funeral. And uh, another framing uh, mechanism, Grist uses this media barrage to, to kind of frame the events in the past and the present. And, and it fleshes out Kane and Dark's relationship. Like Kane was partnered with a crooked cop and he ended up shooting him. Uh, and he struggles to clear his name. Meanwhile, the documents that could do that were in the possession of Dark, with whom the cop was connected. So um, there's a, a part in the narrative where Kane could definitely erase that part of his past permanently, but he chooses to do the right thing, and he saves dark's life and sacrifices the file which is engulfed in flames like i think that is uh, the measure of a hero where he could have let this guy burn to death and get this this document that would clear himself but he didn't he sacrificed the document for this reprehensible human being's life and that in it's that's a hero right i mean was it the right choice Probably not, but um, I, I mean, cosmically, yes, I guess. But uh, there's um, and and again, like Batman and the Joker, 
grist dovetails their two worlds like they're not exactly all that different uh it's just brilliant beautiful stuff but um visually it is just so stunning like uh, if i had a hierarchy of of guys that use black to great effect i think grist would really be up there next to maybe frank miller and alex toth and i mean grist is just a master of of just laying in those dark thick chunky blacks and this was a joy i mean it wasn't feel good movie of the week stuff it, it gets pretty damn dark but i just had a wonderful experience with this book i bought kane when it was coming out from image but like a lot of things you know my run was spotty there's only like 31 issues i think and i was glad to find this for basically peanuts at new york comic-con uh, just it's a kane is a joy everything grist creates is a joy mudman and and uh jack staff. jack staff is wonderful see but the one thing that that gets me with jack staff i don't like it in color mm. if you're giving me kane i want it in black and white like yeah Mud, i think mudman's in color too but i think his element is just lights and darks black and white bam mm. he, he he uses them to such great effect i i like jack staff a lot but it, you know, the color was a it, it was tough to get used to it on Kane on uh, Grist's work. Comic confessional: I have never read a Paul Grist comic. Oh my god, he's amazing! He's just he's a virtuoso. Like I said, I mean, uh, I I can send you some stuff. He's just yeah. I, well, you I'm sure as you remember, uh, Neesman loved Jack Staff. I mean, I, I I feel like he talked about it every third episode when he was back on the show. Well, Jack, yeah, it's great, but it, it's more uh, well, obviously, it's more superheroy. The, sure. the villains are fantastic and larger than life, but Kane is more. It's more. It's definitely rooted in reality. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just a. a I think it's a. It doesn't, it doesn't look like they have much of it um, currently in like print, like the collections. It doesn't look like there's a lot out there. So that may well Grist self-published it for a while too, and then it okay. went to Image, and but he's coming back. To work on Kane, so these oh, okay. these so volumes may yeah. come back in print. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, they I got all the trades for really cheap. Uh, you know, just like here and there at shows and stuff. It's one of those ones you'll always find in like the half price trades and stuff like that. So I good though. That but Confession, also, I haven't read a single one of them. I've only just looked at them. Uh, so I, I think maybe we should all uh, jump wait, in. Wait, let's let's wait before we dap. Have you read any Paul Grist? I have read his work i haven't read any of his actual con like like i've read like his work in like an anthology or things like that but I've right, never, right i've never read any anything that he's boys i'm thinking a book of the month soon then maybe oh i mean we can do have, that yeah i've wow. got him from image and then i've got him from the dancing elephant or what's what's his small press called vince um i think it's dancing elephant press yeah, something like that. Uh, it's really strange because uh, I, this is volume three, and I bought volume four concurrently, and volume four is not from Image. It's from Dancing Elephant. So yeah, I, I, I don't know that. Yeah, like I said, I'm not aware of, of when it started at Image and then jumped to his self-publishing or vice versa. I don't know. But uh, I'm just glad to to own it because it's just yeah. such a tonic 
I'm pretty sure there are volumes that are that are printed both Image and Dancing Elephant. Right. I think I think he like Image when he went there they just reprinted everything. Yeah. Great stuff. It's always great seeing you uh, go through those boxes at New York and then talking about what you picked up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know how it is. We buy so much stuff, I and do. then there there are times you look at the the, you know, you have a, a mountain of paper. It's like, why am yeah. I still buying more stuff? Like, dude, uh, every day, every I day, I, you know, I, think, I love that. Oh, I want to read that. Oh yeah. man, I've been meaning to read that, and then I'm like, and then next box comes again yep. <laughs> another 2000 pages to add to it yeah i i really put hope that you put your reading on pause when you get that love and rockets box and just sh- shut the world off and jump into that and get that yeah. read. well i mean two things on that um i do need to bang out some more sandman stuff because i have been reading sandman this year but i haven't been keeping up with the sharing of my thoughts there because that was my project this year was to read sandman and yeah i've already said i mean next year 2023 is is my my project that i'll share with the patrons and stuff is is going to be uh loving rockets man finally doing the deep dive nice just take note the tone in which it starts is not the tone in which it continues right right it's That's right. I've always had trouble what's that i've always had trouble with that because i'm the same like i i have a bunch of it i haven't read it like I'll pick up the issues, I'll pick up books here and there, and I'll I'll read them, you know. But I haven't read it like solidly all the way through, and it's because I always feel like I got to start at the beginning, and that first issue is so fucking different. Yeah, but it's 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 hard to <laughs> it's hard to keep me rolling into like when does it turn into the Hopi stuff? Oh, not long. It's within. Jeez, uh, I think it starts with issue two or three. Like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> The first one is definitely the outlier, though. It, yeah. It's it's just way too fantastic, and it's. Have you ever read any like have have they all these years? I mean, have they acknowledged that or said like yeah like in other words like is it on record that they think the first issue was a uh, like a, a a misdirection and they course corrected or like what well, you got to look where they came from. They're both huge. Marvel fans, huge superhero fans. They were in the the, the fan scenes. They always uh, had illustrations in the for for a long time. There oh, was, is that right? Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, they just they 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 loved superheroes, mm. and the, why not apply what we love to comics? And then they just sort of grew out of it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, mm. I don't think there's a a deeper explanation. Maybe there is, but I can't recall. Uh, Matthew Allison will tell us the exact page of the comic journal <laughs> in, in which they said that. But um, I wish I had a mind like that. But um, yeah, it, it's just comics grow up. That you could actually see the progression where it's especially Jaime's work in the first issue, super dense and and very much in the style of um, his heroes. You know, his his creator heroes, and then he just latches on to a visual style that felt comfortable and he, and mm-hmm. it, the, the whole book transformed i really think it's going to be one of those things where I, i'm embarrassed about how how many times i poo-pooed <laughs> rockets over the years on here you know uh, i don't know i don't know it could go either way 
Well, but here's the thing. I mean, every every Love and Rockets thing we've read uh, on the show, I've enjoyed. So, you know, I mean, that's it's it's one of those things. I think I may even have trouble figuring. Well, no, I, well, we'll get, I I know why I was not vibing with it for a long time, but but I'm I'm, I'm more mature than that now. So I'll leave it at that. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't get into what I'm leaning into without sounding like a jerk and bringing up old, old too habits. Late. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, too late. <laughs> uh, what, what, is, what are we talking about? Well, he's racist. <laughs> what? No, get the hell out of here. No, no. I, I, I listen. I, I, in years past, if digging the archives, I, I didn't understand the appeal of the relatively. Uh, Different body types that they were oh. prone to drawing. Yes, I, I have a, a a bone to pick with you on this. I was listening to you talking about uh, Strangers in Paradise on an episode that I was not on, and uh, <laughs> one of the like, few. It's a story <laughs> about two obese women. It's Francine's obese, and then Kachu also obese. And I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about? Wait, <laughs> what was this?" <laughs> Wait, this. Zap, I think the word he game. uses all the time is zaftig. No, that's that. No, you misheard. Because I, 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 I don't. Because I don't. I don't think of 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 Kachu as, as as obese at all. I think she's <laughs> no. I was shy. Uh, I, yeah, I think you got that wrong, my friend. All right. Like, Maybe if you told me that was an episode from like 2010, I might be like, "Oh, you're probably right." But it's <laughs> <laughs> like because you always loved it, but you were just like, "Here's this book I love. It's about these two chubbers." <laughs> no, it's, that's not even true. Like, I've never thought of, 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 of I've never thought I could chew that way though. I don't think that's true. I don't think I don't Francine's know. all that that chubby. Either. I mean, she's oh, she, she goes, she she vacillates, right? So it's sure. all right. I'm a yo-yo myself. Like she, she, that's part of the story, right? I mean, her, she, like that is part of the narrative of her being at times uh, unhappy with the way she looks and stuff. But uh, right. But yeah, listen. Anyway, we don't have to go down that road. But so I love, love books. So I, I love your books. I love when you talked about your son uh, setting you straight on fat shaming. I, I, you know, we're all you know growing and changing. You know. Oh yeah, he laid into me. He laid into me hard. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of him, dude, he's up to seven thousand followers for his fragrance TikTok. How crazy That's is that? Awesome. What? Dude, isn't that nuts? <laughs> And then we were, um, he and I were driving somewhere, and he was breaking it down to me. Like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because there's a niche for everything. Here we are on a comics podcast, but like, there's a whole like genre of fragrance influencers. And he was telling me about like the most popular guy, but how he's kind of like a d bag and like doesn't like he always like he's like kind of like a sellout, but like he's the most popular. And then like, and I'm like, ah, who knew? There's a whole fragrance niche. Yeah, well, send me. We went out the. Put your son's fragrance on blast here, but put in the chat. Tell me what your son's fragrance TikTok is. I want to see what he's talking about. Dude, it's kind of nuts. Like I, you know, I get the I get packages all the time for you know book and stuff. He he gets at least four times a week now a package of of cologne sent to him from a a, a fragrance company that wants him to review their stuff. Wow! And he's smart. He's expanding. Like now he's doing like um like like shaving creams and salves and like you know like 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 beard oils and stuff like he's he's branching out so he's like not just doing the colognes now he's doing so i said you got to keep building this empire pay for pay for yourself it's gonna be great the scent influencer that's what i'm saying yeah nice yeah what were we talking about (laughs) 
Well, we were we were Vince was regaling us on the greatness of Paul Grist, and we all embarrassingly said we we are we are we are lowly non Grist aficionados, but uh, yeah. Well, well, for I no got, particular reason, like I like I'm looking at his art now, uh, where I was looking at his art when you were talking about it, and I it, I think the art's astoundingly great. Like it's yeah. right up my alley yeah, visually. So I don't I don't know why I haven't read it. I guess because probably, well, I I think it's it's because it hasn't been in print. You know, like the there haven't been collections solicited in in really any time recently. Right. I got a side eye for you on something else, but we'll get to it later. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wait, you mean something that you disagree with me on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it Buzz? Yeah. Big time, bro. Now listen, I love you to death, but there, if there is, that was terrible comics. Oh my goodness! Terrible I started comics. flipping through it, and I didn't. I I wanted to finish what I was reading because I took it off the the table. I started flipping through it, and I knew I was going to sit down and just get sucked in. So I I put it on pause and i'm gonna read it this weekend but i read, I, read, read is a is, you're giving it right that's what i'm saying yeah i mean i did, i know the first couple the first couple stories are very light on on dialogue and and it's i don't know if it continues that way but yes, i i i liked what i saw nice thank you there's hope for humanity yet oh jason i love uh, you so much I ordered, but uh to to continue the image rama little toy um this is uh this is Declan's new book um with Clayton Cowles on um on letters it's um it's old dog and Declan's um write up is or or his his um that was that his uh, his elevator pitch is um, Winter Soldier meets Mission Impossible in this Bourne, Jason Bourne-esque action espionage blowout. And you know, two issues in, I I really like Declan's art, but the uh, there's enough here with the first because because I read the. I didn't read the first issue until I had the second one in my hand. It was because I hadn't been to the shop in a couple of weeks and, and, and basically bought both of them at the same time. So, um, the, the first issue does kind of tease things. doesn't give you a whole lot. There's some mysteries. Uh, second issue kind of sort of continues that. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see, to see where we go with this. But basically the main character, the old dog, is um is jack lynch and the the first issue um kind of uh does a little bit of a time jump because we're we uh what's weird is is we see like a younger jack running through the um the streets undisclosed location as he's uh he's chasing after a target um while an older looking Jack is in a uh, surveillance van staking out a target uh, with two other CIA operatives Um, because Jack is a, as it's put a once promising CIA operative Um, and he's just about to retire and then something bad happens. So um, because we jump around 
in the first issue, I'm not going to try to confuse the listeners by, by, you know, what went on page by page, but basically, um, the older Jack that we see is actually the Jack from about eight years ago. And the younger Jack is more along the lines of present day. And he's not really a younger Jack for long. Uh, what happens is on that stakeout from about eight years ago, uh, and there's a reason why I'm saying about, because there seems to be a discrepancy. I love Heather Hantos. She, she's, she's a fantastic editor. Um, on just about everything I've read, except there was a slight, um, something wasn't caught between the first and second issue here, but, um, the uh the stakeout doesn't go all that well and um they the two other guys tell lynch to 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 stay back with the van if you don't hear from us in 10 minutes then come in and get us and um he wasted 10 minutes goes to the site and um sees one dude dead on the ground the other dude is basically almost dead um and uh the guy that they're after is in this room and the room I like the way Declan played this out. Uh, there's a whole bunch, uh, th- this massive looking piece of equipment, weird looking tech in the middle of this room. This guy's like almost kind of like the console at the TARDIS, the way the guy's kind of like just hanging out there looking, you know, punching on some keys. Um, one panel has Jack talking, but the word balloon is blank it's white space the next panel you hear or you read what jack's actually saying there's no word balloon so so there's there's a there's a delay there's there's something something's altering time here it is there's just something ain't right um jack fights the guy the guy fights back jack pulls out his gun discharges it the machine blows up and um Jack, Agent Lynch comes back to the land of the living um, after being in a coma for eight years. And there's these two dudes who were like on a uh, part of the black circle, uh, not quite really uh, an official government acknowledged, government acknowledged agency, um, but they have access to all the acronyms, FBI, CIA, NSA, all, all that. So, um they're like you know, section 31 almost for, for the star trek fans so you have uh you have these two dudes who were like listen um what you saw in that room is not something anybody was supposed to see um but because of what you saw and because of the changes that have been made to your body um you're kind of an invaluable asset and and we can't you know you're working for us now we're not gonna let you go um but uh you know you basically um you know the world thinks you're dead um and you work for us and you get a second chance at 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 serving your country um so you know get back out in the field get your hands dirty you do some good work and and you know we're all happy and he's like well fuck it then let's do it um so the other part of the story that we find out is kind of the present day. Um, he, uh, 
as 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 Jack is chasing after this target, um, he ends up uh, catching up to the uh, to to the target. But there's the little red dot that a sniper always points at you, and um, Jack gets shot in the face, and uh, basically like rips his cheek off, um, and the target escapes. And then this this red haired woman comes in through the window, um, and he's asking, "What the hell did you do that for?" Like I, I was supposed to take him out, and and she says, "Listen, this was a last minute change, uh, but you were offline. You went radio silent. Um, Black Circle wants him kept alive, and um, and you know, it's still mission accomplished because this this attempt on his life will uh, scare him into doing what you know we would have." what we were trying to prevent anyway. So it all works out. Um, and it turns out that, uh, the woman who shot Jack in the face is actually, uh, Jack's daughter. And, and Jack is healing as he's talking to her. Cause he's like, you know, you, you didn't have to shoot me in the face. And she's like, you know, I knew to grow back because, you know, you got all your old wrinkles back and everything again. So, so whatever happened, whatever happened in that room, that machine, it, definitely messed with homeboy's physiology and, and, and altered his DNA in a way that, uh, it looks like he can kind of heal. Although, um, because of how old he was when the machine went off, like no matter how kind of like, no matter what he may do, um, he's still going to end up looking like this old man. The second issue kind of just goes more along the lines with, uh, with, with, with seeing Jack in the field with his daughter. Um, his code name is Rottweiler. Her code name is Retriever. They're um, there again after another target. But while that's going on, we get a side story where um, Jack is actually meeting up with an old friend of his from the agency. The guy's name is Frankie. Um, and he asked Frankie for some info um, on the DL. Just like, you know, he's trying to get some info. And uh, Frankie's his hookup. Frankie's like, no problem. I got you. And you get to the end of the issue, and again, things don't go kind of the way you were hoping them to go. We're getting a little bit more. There's more of a tease Declan's giving us on the black circle and and what they may be up to or what they're trying to do or prevent. And um, so the mystery abounds, which is great. I, I, I dig it. Declan puts enough in each issue where it's just, just a tip. There's a little bit of a tease, and, and you're getting, you know, He's stringing you along, and, and and in a good way. So so you're not you're not you know reading it and discuss going like I I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm done with this. There's he he knows how to hook you, so you kind of you're coming back for more. Um, the relationship between Rottweiler and, and Retriever is I obviously my man wasn't around when when, when she was growing up. Um, they do not really get along well. Uh, they, uh, I'm pretty sure he's trying to make amends or at least kind of, um, you know, obviously I wasn't the father you needed or deserved, but, um, you know, he's here now, if that makes it means anything to her. And, and, uh, and obviously she, she's still got the chip on her shoulder and rightfully so. So we'll see if this kind of cools off, but when you get to the end of the second issue, um, if, something happened to Frankie that I think might've happened to Frankie. And, um, 
and she's responsible for it, I don't know if that's going to really um, do much to uh, kind of make them lovey-dovey. Although, Jack, because of how old he is and, and what he's done in his life, he may understand that, you know, listen, it's it's part of the job. So we'll see. But I, the, the art's great. Um, I like the character. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know what the hell actually is kind of... Um, going on with with his body and uh and and you know i think as because declan we'll see if it we'll see if this you know kind of time shift or you know multiple the the, the main story and the subplot continues to to, to reach issue if we're going to get like one actual linear story from start to finish uh the reason why i was talking about the discrepancy is that uh in right in the second issue it says that um in his final, final field mission, um, there was a fallout of which left uh, Jack in a coma for six years. But yet, throughout the second issue, and like I said, when the operative, when the agent um, pulled him out or, or was talking to him, they, they both said that, you know, it's been eight years. So little things like that is kind of odd, just, especially since I just read the first issue and then I see that in the recap for the second. Um, that just stood out to me and it it, it 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 was an easy fix but still it, it's as far as the story itself um i i really do like Declan's ideas i i think uh I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time whether it's you know whether he's drawing warren's book like injection or just whatever um whatever he kind of messes around with i i i and uh, he, he's a trekkie and i just i like that uh i like the concepts he comes up with and no, I mean same thing. You know, like like time after time, there's just little things. He's a sci-fi geek, and I, I I dig that. And I like when he's able to um, put those ideas on the page because I mean, there's action in this. There's that 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 sci-fi bent to it. There's um there's just there's a relationship that's super rocky, and and there's people being shifty as hell. So um, yeah, I I really do. Uh, I, I'm digging this. I, I uh, two issues in, but it's um, it's it's a treat. I I, I can't wait to see where we kind of go with the third. But um, but yeah, I I I'm digging old dog a lot. Yeah, nice Declan's family. So I like to hear that. Yeah. I got one. Oh, that <laughs> Uh, I read New Mutants number 31. Um, it was the start of a new writer uh, and, and start of a new arc. I think she's a new writer. Is she a new writer? That's a good thing. Um, I love New Mutants. I'm a, I'm a mark for New Mutants. If you tell me something new's happening over there, there's like a shakeup, I always will try it and, and I'll get into it and then I'll either stick with it or I'll end up falling off. But then I'm easy to get back on that book just by changing it up and, and, and tell me there's something new going on. So new writer, uh, new arc. I was like, let me hop in here and give this a shot. This is written by, uh, Charlie Jane Anders, who I talked on here before because she did a short story in one of those, uh, war of the realms, like anthologies that I always like to read those. And like I said, when I was talking about Zoe Thurgood, like I'm, I'm always excited to find somebody new that I'm into. Like I'm like, oh, this person writes cool or draws cool or whatever. 
I think you guys can obviously identify with that. That's part of what the whole project of this podcast is, right? Is like discovering new stuff and cool stuff. Um, but that short story, I was like, I'm going to bookmark this person and, and keep an eye on them and see what they do. Um, and so this new arc of New Mutants um, stars a character that she created in Marvel's Pride Voices. They do so many uh, of these, but the most recent tw- 2022 Marvel Pride Voices, a character called Escapade. Which, one, I can't believe there's not already an Escapade. And two, very happy that there's a character called Escapade because it just makes me think of that Janet Jackson song every time. (laughs) Every time I read the name, I'm just like, "Mm, mm, We'll have a good time. mm, We'll have a good time. Um, So the character debuts in Marvel Pride Voices, so I had to back up in Comixology that to see what was going on here. Because interestingly, and I'm not sure that I really think it was the right move. This new mutants starts out and it's just a straight up escapade story. Like she's the kitty pride here. She's the new character on the team. I mean, I guess in new mutants, kitty pride is not the right kitty pride was that character in the X-Men, right? That she shows up and she's like the, the audience proxy character that we're going to sort of see all stuff through her eyes. Uh, so Escapades' character, and what her power is, is she can switch into somebody else's, not only their body, but, like, their situation, too. Uh, so it's not just, like... She's she like Jericho. She, yeah, she, like, switch places with somebody, and if they just won, you know... I can't remember how she describes it in here. It's an interesting power. Like, it's sort of one of those things where um, th- there's a lot you can play with, and, and like, that part of it's fun. Uh, but then she also has this sort of uh, Emma Frost and Destiny gave her this prophecy that at some point she's going to use her power and it's going to kill her best friend, um, this character called Morgan. Um, and so she she goes to Krakoa to learn how to use her power. Like Otherwise, she's not interested in being a superhero necessarily. But she goes to Krakoa to sort of learn how to use this because otherwise she would just never use it because she doesn't want to fuck up and accidentally kill her best friend. Um, so it's interesting. I, I sort of wish that there would have been an arc, which now that I'm looking at it, it says, uh, kick off, kicks off a brand new arc, but I wonder if she did an arc before where she was just writing the, the new mutants. Cause I, I sort of feel like that's a good, no, I mean, she, web- she took 31 as her first ever, 31 okay. as her first issue. Yeah. Yeah. I wish there, I wish there would have been one, like an arc or a few issues where it's just like her writing the team that we already know. So that when it's her main character shows up, you know, I don't know if I like this character. Uh, like, I'm just like, this is okay. But I would I would be able to tell based on comparing to other books that I've read, you know, whether or not I liked it if she was writing the New Mutants that we already know. You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, v- Vita Ayala did the, almost the entire run up to this point. Uh, I think there was a fill-in or two, uh, like one-shot writers, but, but Vita Ayala handed off the reins to uh to charlie with this arc. Right. are you current on it like did you read the vita stuff yeah i was gonna say i'm current through the vita stuff um but i haven't read these three issues that have been solicited that charlie jane andrews took over so i'm glad to, i'm glad to hear you liked it because um you know i i mean i read all the mutant stuff as you know i think that um i think vita's new mutants has been okay like but mm-hmm. hasn't, hasn't it's felt a little um 
it, it's feel like a little too nostalgic, like a little too much. Like let's let's try and tell stories of of the old days. And I don't, you know, I I like I'm at a point where I I'd prefer if you're gonna write a new comic, like give me something kind of yeah. newish, you know. Um, but uh, it wasn't bad by any stretch. But but I th- I think with the mutant books being at the level of quality they are right now, it wasn't ever like top of the stack. So I'm glad you're vibing with with the with the, with the newness because maybe that'll get me excited for it. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm tentatively vibing with it. I was, I had high expectations. Like I said, based on that short story I read, like I had this this writer bookmarked as somebody that I wanted to check out more of. Uh, and this is the first other thing that she's done that I know of. Um, yeah, I mean, appara- so, I'm just looking. I mean, she's apparently a very accomplished sci-fi novelist. I guess. Novelist. Yeah. 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 Like Hugo, Hugo okay. Award nominated multiple times, that type of thing. Yeah. I, I bought one of them, but you know, like we just said, who we're constantly reading. <laughs> like it's, it's on it's on my list. Dude, the uh, number of novels that I own that I haven't read in the last ten years is astounding. <laughs> it's like, like on our uh, on our Patreon Slack, you know, one of the more popular channels is the the there's a, a prose book channel, and the a, a bunch of our uh, supporters and Slack members have a monthly book club on zoom or they, mm. they, and they're very, I mean, there's a bunch that are regular participants. And I think, how do you do it? How do you have time to read these novels and read the comics. I thought you did read, not like you read book books all the time. Is that not true? It is. But like with all things, I mean, I buy way more books yeah. than I have time to read. I try and read, I try and average a book a month these days. I mean, back, you know, years ago was five, six books a month back before I was whole hog with the comics again. But, but, uh, but even that, I mean, that's, that's always work and it's spurty. Like if I'll go on vacation, you know, sometimes I read two and then I won't read one. So it's definitely, that is my most sporadic of, of, um, pastimes for sure at this point in my life. Yeah. I've been reading for research lately. Um, and that at least, you know, if, there's a I'm propelled to do it because it, it's work, you know, but well, what pray tell are you researching for Tony? <laughs> well, this stuff that I'm researching, uh, me and Trish are, are working on a, a stray dogs follow up. Got it. Um, and so that's, that's for that. That's a little bit way, a little ways off, but so you're reading also, like true crime, like serial killer stuff or what do you, what do you, uh, more animal stuff, you okay. know, sort of getting my head in the animal place for that stuff. But I am reading, um, this the the new book that comes out the soonest uh, is this one I've talked about on here before. It's with me and Tim Seeley, uh, both writing and both drawing it, and it's sort of uh, uh, half like crime, uh, like a small town, more more real life vibe, and then half like a, a, a superhero extreme style '90s comic. Uh, so I have been reading a lot of extreme style '90s comics. Yeah, you have. Uh, You've been sending me like, "What do you think of this book?" You're like, "Did you read this book?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I read the the most interesting one I read this past week was I got um, Profit number zero through eight you know, on like an eBay auction because I like I'll buy these books out of um, like dollar bins or quarter bins or whatever, and then. Like I was reading a, an issue of Profit, and I saw this coupon in there for a Profit Zero, and I was like, "Of course I remember Image Comics Zero, 
uh, and I remember a lot of these other sendaways, but I f totally forgot or maybe never knew that there was a profit number zero that you had to send away for. So I was like, well, I bet that costs a million dollars. But I got off eBay with issues one through eight also for, I think, $20. So <laughs> that was good. But uh, the the main thing in reading that that I realized was that, like, you hear a lot of people when they see new Danton Ocean stuff go, like, I can't believe that's the same guy, you know, when they talk about, like, 90s. Dan and I remember oh, yeah. in the 90s, I fucking hated him. Um, like, as an inker, I remember when he would ink. So heavy-handed, dude. Yeah. So yep. brushy. So different from, like, that Scott Williams style that was blown mm -hmm. up at that time. Uh, but looking back at it now, it's some of the best stuff. Like, he was great then. I mean, great. He was very good then. Like, that early profit stuff. And then... He is much better now, <laughs> I think. But, yes. Yeah, but, like, can, in the context of, like, if I'm sitting there with a pile of dollar books from Extreme Studios, uh, his stuff is number, like, number two, number three artist there. You know, like, Rob. Mm -hmm. And then, as far as just, like competence and and like you know it's still exciting and telling a good story yeah it's it was a, a weird revelation to look back at that because i like i said i hated him at the time and when steven platt showed up i was like fucking thank god here we go um but <laughs> the, like getting them all in a tony pile. reminding us he's a child of the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. everybody's turning off the radio right now uh radio getting a pile of them like that and reading from profit number four to profit number five is one of my favorite sort of like comics. Like th this happens all the time in superhero comics where a new team takes over, but it's the same characters, you know, in issue four, it's the same story. Like they didn't start a new story arc. It's just like next issue, more of this stuff. Uh, but then it's just like all of a sudden it's like everybody gets tr shot in the ass with steroids and they all have like the giantest thighs and they're all of a sudden there's like a million more bullets. Stephen Platt showed up on that book. It's I remember it being shocking, but I guess I didn't think about it in the context of um, like who drew it before. Like I don't remember who was drawing Moon Knight the month before Stephen Platt showed up, but I want to buy that issue now too. <laughs> Because I've got the plat ones, but I just want to see what the to be continued was. That all of a sudden, it's just, it's like they all mutated into some sort of like amazing nineties. May have been Chris Warner. Power guy. You think it was Chris Warner? It may have been. Um, I'm on the hunt for that. I love a like in between issues. You know, if it's the same team and something happens, or if it's they switch teams, I, I love that sort of thing in comics, in, in like superhero comics. Anyway. Uh, splat. Hmm. Yeah, sorry guys, they took us on a weird... <laughs> no, listen, any time anybody gets to mention Platt, Vince is happy. I realized I had all the Moon Knights. Uh, I didn't buy them when they came out, and then now they're too expensive, and I, I sort of was resigned to not ever have them um, unless they re you know put out like a trade or something. But uh, I had bought a collection from a buddy who was moving years ago, and I've since I moved, I've got all these sort of like freshly unearthed long boxes, and I was digging through it, and I was like, holy shit, I've got every... You know, he's got like a full run of the early spawn that I have that too. But then at the end of that, we got the Moon Knight, and I was just like, "Look at this! He's got all the plats. This is great." So I feel like I have a near complete <laughs> flat run. 
Oh, the Platts. Yeah, I I have never even seen Platts Mood Night. Really? I, really? I, yeah, I do love the man's work, but on that character, eh, I just passed it up. I'm just I'm just not a fan of the character, you know. I mean, you thought if if, if you thought Spawn's cape was long <laughs> and and a life of its own, then shit, that Moon Knight yeah. cape I plaid is just insane. Uh, it was uh, James Fry on pencils before Platt. Uh, okay. With Chris Ivy on inks. Hey, I know that guy. I got some pages with some Chris Ivy inks on them. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vince, I wouldn't say that those Moon Knight comics are even necessarily Moon Knight comics. Like he's, you, I mean, you've seen his work. Like it's so crazy. Yeah, it's insane. It doesn't matter who the fucking characters are. <laughs> like they're just, right. it's just like a. A celebration of this guy flipping out. So where is Terry Cavanaugh now? What happened to him? Interesting. Don't know. know. Need to find out, Vince. Sure. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) He said that with his pinky out. Jason, what Apparently else in 2011, Kavanaugh co-founded the internet startup company MyBeanJar.com, so he must have sold out for <laughs> hundreds of millions on that one. And what, wait, wait, what is it? My, my, be- MyBeanJar.com. Okay. I'm guessing that that wasn't his, his retirement. I'm guessing that didn't. <laughs> the URL is no longer working either. So. Oh, well. <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah, we ate all the beans. We'll just take you in. But my man was busy in the 90s, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, Exiles, Spider-Man, uh, Cloak and Dagger, Blade, Iron Man. Like, my dude had a run. Like, he was getting regular work with Marvel. Wasn't he then, like an executive, too, though? Uh, was he? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he was an editor as well, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Responsible nice. for spider armor. Dap, I mean, come on. Oh, that was kind of fun. That was fun. Don't you think? It made for a good cover. <laughs> At the time, yeah. I thought it was cool. I can't lie. Yeah, same. Yeah. You put a freaking chromium cover on that? So you want to tell me why I'm wrong about Buzz, or you just want to just go on record that you think I'm wrong? Uh, I don't think you're wrong. There, There is no right or wrong in terms of your perception of the book. I just <laughs> think you may be approaching it from... A, a less than optimal angle. You, you're looking for a, you're looking for coherency in that book. You're looking for like a, a it's just a series of uh, disconnected, ridiculous, absurd events. He, yeah. you could tell he just sat down and said, "I'm just going to draw whatever I feel like drawing." And, and yeah, I, no, and, and and look, I mean, I am constantly fascinated by the thin line between love and hate for things that we read. And I, there are lots of really silly, puerile, uh, childish, overly sexual comics that we've talked about on the show that I've adored. (laughs) So it's not like I'm too good for it. You know, like, it's not like, Oh, it's like, I'm above that. So I, I don't really have a good reason for why this just seemed really pedantic to me. Like I, I read it and I thought this is dude being a 10 year old trying to like, the shit that like a 10 year old gets bored in class and draws is like, Oh look, I'm, 
like someone's getting fucked and they shit on themselves. Like it's like it, it's like <laughs> stuff that like see, but like like right. And that's why I always say humor is so subjective because I have read comics featuring those kinds of things and thought they were divine. But this time I'm like, oh, this is corny. Like this is just this dude trying to like like acting like he's a ten year old. And, and but I can't tell you why this didn't hit me, but the other things have. Right. Well, the the visuals, the line is a lot more loose in this super super yeah. raw dude raw yeah. dog yeah. which which i appreciate i like that a lot but tony <laughs> there's, there's, have you ever read see, this he's cracking up just talking about it see like i'm like horny about, he's like he's dying he's loving it you talking about buzz the artist no no no, no. buzz v-u-z-z druyer oh. yeah there, there's a, a sequence it's in the, the very first chapter and there's these giant dinosaur looking creatures with huge titties and uh Vuz is, is he they they all start congregating and Vuz is in the middle of it and he enters the body of one of these creatures and inside the body of the creature there's these naked zaftig women type things and they offer him a what I'm assuming is the equivalent of a joint and he smokes it and then the, the creature shits him out. And and picks him up and and he's nude at this point, right? So she's lifting him up like a child, and his his dick's hanging out, right? And she goes, it goes, oh, little toy, and she just puts it in her mouth, like she just, <laughs> she just, oh, <laughs> I love it. It's just so unhinged and left field. Like, why does that doesn't even that scene doesn't even matter in terms of the narrative, right? whatever screw the narrative that's what you remember this giant big titty dinosaur thing chomping on the hero's bone like <laughs> it's pure 24 karat gold <laughs> <laughs> and now that being said i don't want to be a hypocrite because if you think next week after i have a chance to read it i'm not going to come in here and sing sing the praises of piano tuner volume two you're very wrong so oh that show up yeah, I got it yesterday, yeah. I wonder if mine's bouncing around in the... I got my address change shit going on right now. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, <laughs> wherever you used to live, has got some, some naughty <laughs> comics in there. <laughs> yeah, I hope those people don't open that package. <laughs> See, the, the, the bad thing about this edition of... It's Titan Comics, uh, right? Uh, of us. Yeah. Is that yeah, they, they've been doing all the Drea stuff. Yeah. I, I have it in heavy metal. I have a freaking what is it, Darga edition that I can't read because it's in French or whatever. So I didn't order the, the Titan edition and um, I'm I'm feeling some kind of way because it's 144 pages. The edition, I, the heavy metal, I don't think amounts to 144 pages and I don't think the editions I have are that thick. So now I got to turn around and get this hardcover from uh, from Titan. Nice but, and oversized too. It's a good size. Yeah, there, there's a lot of chicanery in this book. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I love it. Hmm. But uh, no, Jason, you're not wrong. I mean, whatever. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, listen, nothing ever. We say this all the time. I, 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 nothing's worse than devoting time to something you don't end up enjoying. So I'm, I'm never rooting for other people to also not enjoy a comic. <laughs> you know, that's that's like a pretty downer way to look at the world. So. I don't want to. I don't want to have like compatriots in misery. You know. 
I'm kind of wondering if I should put a, a, a this page in the in the gallery. I don't know if I should. Just I don't know. if you want to see it, just buy the book because it's in there. A lot sure. of a lot of death in here too. I mean, seconds after sure. she she does that, she gets freaking slaughtered. It's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, sex and death, two things that go great together. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, co- cosmically, right? I, I mean, in a way, it was like a really almost like drawn to me as if it were like prelims. Yeah. And then it's like, like Dre was like, Ari, I'm going to make Judah Maccabee a Conan analog. And then he's going to go around doing really puerile sexual violent shit. And it's like, hey, man, you do you like that. I mean, if you're trying to work some things out, work, work them out. But. You well, know, this is me. not a recent work. This was... Oh, no, no. I know. Yeah, 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 76, no. 77. I'm just saying, like, visually, it looks like Judah Maccabee. Right, me. right. Yeah. But I think form follows function. It's raw to fit the the uh, the things that occur within the... Yeah. yeah. So are you, Vince, are you up on uh, Above Snakes? I mean, we, we gushed about the first issue, but have you been keeping up with it? Um, I read one and two. Five mm. came out. Five came out. Yeah, today. I just, yeah, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. I read, I read. No, I was going to read it all in one shot because okay. I'll tell you that man has a good chance of uh, um, having his name repeated uh, many, many times mm-hmm. in the uh, eleven o'clock. Sean Lewis, you mean? No, Hayden <laughs> Sherman. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't get into the details because I don't want to spoil it for you. But above snakes, which is the uh, the mini series that we 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 went deep on the first issue, uh, so y'all can roll back to eleveoclockcomics uh, dot com and and search for that. But but uh, yeah, it, it just finished up the fifth issue. Uh, I think we came out last week or this week. I don't know. This it, week it just came out today. This week, okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, I read it today, so there you go. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we really enjoyed the first issue. It's a western. We had like what just like the month before that came out, we had we had gone in sort of an extemporaneous discussion about how there weren't enough Western comics out there. And then this book hit. So it was kind of perfect timing, but, uh, Sean Lewis is the writer. Hayden Sherman is the artist. AKA Vince's boo loves Hayden Sherman. Big boo. Um, I, uh, for as much as I wasn't a fan of Hayden's work in the, uh, the chicken livers book, whatever it was, um, <laughs> chicken devil. Thank you. Uh, I thought Hayden's work in this was exceptional. Absolutely loved it. Yes. Uh, my inter- my uh, my intro was um, was a character from this book. Yep. Uh, Spec is a uh, like a spirit guide that in the form of a of a yellow buzzard, salty too. And I will say because yeah. I don't I think you said you uh, this I will forever remember this comic because it's the first and probably only time I've ever seen a word balloon drawn to look like a cock and balls. <laughs> and uh in issue number three which i thought was brilliant <laughs> and again so there you go that's puerile and silly but it just struck me right i'm like oh that's great um yeah i thought this was wonderful it was a really existential wild and crazy book in a lot of ways but it also was a classic western revenge book at the same time and i, I that is a trope i adore i you give me a western revenge movie i'm i'm there um so this this hit in all the right ways and i uh, the the collection, the trade, is in this month's previews because I remember talking about it on the video I just released. And I definitely think if you weren't buying the issues, shame on you. But uh, but pick up the collection. You will you will not you will not uh, be disappointed. Yeah, it's very Yodorowsky. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is for sure. That's yeah. a good. Com- that's a good comp. Yeah. 
But, video, uh, you say, Jason? <laughs> video, Daft. Yes, I. Yes, look at you. Uh, it's not your first rodeo. So, uh, yeah, I released. Well, okay. Um, for a long time now, we have each collectively at times put out videos for the patrons uh, about what excites us in the previews catalogs. Um, you know, full disclosure, you all have kind of not done that of late, but I had continued. Um, but, uh, and look, I mean, honestly, because we weren't getting a, a ton of views or feedback on them. I mean, so I, I'm not blaming you, but uh, so for shits and giggles, I decided to go ahead and uh, we have had an 11 o'clock comics YouTube page, I think for six or seven years. Um, but if you were to have gone to it until this week, you wouldn't have seen anything unless you were a patron because we had posted videos there over the years that were private only for patrons. And there will continue to be those like, like the, the stuff we do for the Patreon feed, like the, you know, we'll continue to have that stuff. So you won't see that, but, um, I, I figured why not give it a try. So we, I, I, this week we opened it up to a more conventional public side as well. And if you go there now, if you go to YouTube and search for 11 o'clock comics, you will see three, videos uh one that looks at dc connect one that looks at marvel previews and one that looks at the main catalog for this month and uh i i I make no promises to everyone about how often or frequent we will publish to the um to the public youtube but it's there it seems to be a medium that uh is definitely like at the epicenter of comics culture and conversation these days and i figured with what's happening in that hellscape that people call Twitter, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people looking for new avenues of, of conversation and I figured why not? Like, why not now? So, um, you know, if, if things go well, uh, I don't want to, you know, my booze are also busy with their own stuff. I don't want to commit to them, but, but I'm planning on putting out, you know, a decent amount of, of stuff on that, um, you know, on a weekly basis, it, it's not going to be anything too deep, but it should be fun and incremental. And, uh, and I hope people enjoy it. Well, um, taking into account the uh, other voices, at least in the comic book arena, you don't have anything to worry about when you say uh, it's not going to be too deep because the majority of what I, I've seen on YouTube, uh, in terms of comics, um, you know, commentary, not all that deep, my friend, not all that thick. Yeah, so. no, and... and, and um Look, I mean, you know, it's we've had many conversations about this offline where it's like if if the goal is just to increase eyeballs for the sake of it or, you know, clicks or revenues or whatever, um, there's a pretty clear formula. And the formula is to make very surface level kind of like BuzzFeed videos, right, about the thing at the moment. And we're certainly capable of doing that, but that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. We get we, we don't want to do it. If we did do it, it'd be bored. We'd get bored of it really quickly. So that's not what this is going to be about. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be about stuff that I'm already doing. You know, I'll probably put videos out about uh, like art and stuff. Um, probably have some some shorter. Normally, when we have guests on, you know, they generally sit in for an hour, two, three hours. Tony, we can't ever get rid of. He's like the guest that never wants to leave. Um, but uh, but you know maybe we'll have some shorter chats with people just kind of like more pro- like to promote something that's timely like a book they have coming out and uh, you know maybe focus on the OA stuff but just stuff that I'm already interested in that uh, you know hopefully we'll have some some people out there who will also find value in it and 
like I said, I mean, no promises yet. It's brand spanking news, so I, I don't want to suggest like that we've we fully pot committed into making this like a, a major new channel for us, but uh, but it's there, so why not? Here, here. Yep. I, I subscribed. I told you before. I love it. Uh, Appreciate you. I, I think that there is, Vince, I think you're being a little bit unfair. There is great comic book content on YouTube. Um, I just sort of look at it in terms of, I remember when I was a kid, when they would have like those, like any sort of comic book content you could find on TV, whether it was like, you know, those, uh, like those videos with like Rob Liefeld and Tom McFarlane creating a character, or would they be on like the home shopping network or, you know, there'd be like the short segments on sci-fi channel or something. There's that now, but like constantly to, to varying degrees of quality, but like there's always some content you can watch. I find myself going on the stupidest, rabbit holes on youtube on comic book youtube specifically where it's just like i'll watch somebody just dig through quarter piles like i (laughs) i will and just be delighted you know like i'll be so happy to watch somebody just go like oh check it out i forgot this existed it's great okay okay well i will be doing that no um (laughs) but i think there's a i think there's a place for you guys over there because you do offer a different like you have a different voice than everybody else over there so I hope that so- that someday you figure out how to just do the show on there, uh, because I feel like it would be welcome and and uh, exciting. I feel like people would come on board for sure. Right. Well, we'll see what happens. I have something else. Uh, this okay. is basically for David. For a guy that said he read a bunch of shit this week. It's, you got well, a lot to say. I'm not talking about the stuff I didn't enjoy. Okay. What they well, I don't know. I saw Buzz, and I thought, oh yeah, props, but but then apparently mm. you liked it. So I, yeah. Now, now, I'm, now I'm confused. Well, if if I didn't enjoy it, chances are very good I won't be speaking on it because we who, all. Re- by the way, for in a, it, it's a rarity. We we all read something. Yeah. We, three of us. It's we did on our list. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that so so that you didn't like. So see, how am I to know you have it on your list? So, but now you're saying that you didn't like that. I so. just put it on there in case you started talking about it. <laughs> in which case, I would say the less I say about this book, the better. I'm Ooh. kind of in. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. No, I'm yeah. with you too. Yeah. It, it <laughs> so, was, yeah. It was not good. It was pure product. It was, a whiff. It it was, was just a product. Whiff. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's really. It breaks my heart. I, I. That book could be fire. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're talking about Wildcats, which I'm sure Tony has love for the original. Wildcats oh. re- relaunched, and it, 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 I think we all, look, we all read it because it's something that we would, we yes. would be keen to have be hot again. And, yep. uh, and it, it was not hot. It was, uh, it was milk toast. It was a milk toast version of, of Wildcats. So, and listen, and, and I'm sure there also, I mean, we were, we were there for the original, and, and yeah. I'm not trying to be like, oh, why can't it be like this? I'm sure, just like, just like if you know, God forbid, John Walker was your Captain America, or Kyle is your. <laughs> you know, there's somebody. There's going to be somebody who's going to be like, oh snap! I love how you low key just awesome. tried to compare Kyle to John Walker because, like, <laughs> objectively speaking, Kyle is an infinitely higher plane character. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and, and but but someone's going to read this and be like, oh snap! This is my grifter, and or or even I mean, and I I feel bad if some if this is someone's introduction. To Fairchild, but listen, this is this is probably going to be that this and and especially the way Cole is written and and the way you know he talks to to Deathblow or 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 Z that is just 
people are going to enjoy this. I know this. I know this is going to have its fans. I am not one of them, but I'm not going to tell anybody that, you know, if you enjoy this, then I'm extremely happy for you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Joe Casey is the pinnacle for Wildcats for me. Even though Alan Moore worked on the series, I think the Joe Casey Wildcats is absolute perfection, right? I never like it when um, Fairchild is thrown into that pot. Mm-hmm. She doesn't belong there. No, she does not. It's like it's like putting Cyborg in the Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, yeah. I, I, I didn't enjoy that. Um, what I did enjoy, and this is primarily for David because he's the only one, I'm guessing, uh, that gives a hoot. I read uh, the latest comics review, mm-hmm. number 437, 438. I don't know why Norwood decides to, to double the numbering on them, uh, but he does. And uh, there you go. But uh, as usual, it's chock full of stuff. I'm not going to talk about anything other than the Phantom. Because the Phantom Ooh. is awesome. And the cool thing about this issue, it gives you a uh, a time span. Uh, there's a story called Yes that was uh, ran from December 7th of 1970 to February 13th of 1971. In which the Phantom tries to propose or or ponders proposing to his longtime love interest, Diana, right? So he he sends the word to the people back, you know, at home base, Diana's coming, get everything ready for her. And the message is delivered by his falcon, Fraca, and then it's picked up by a monkey, and they call it monkey mail. The monkey is swinging through the jungle, and it has, no, this is awesome, and it has a, a mailbag, and it's bringing the letter to uh, the Phantom's young ward, Rex, who was an orphan. It doesn't, you know, it's irrelevant in terms of this discussion, but uh, he was a foundling, and the Phantom is trying to, to, to raise him. And Rex has a buddy called Tom, T O M M. But anyway, they, they want to, the Phantom's like, you got to get everything ready because Diana's coming. They're like, oh, yeah, Diana's coming. And they arrive, and the Phantom's, you know, taking Diana all around. Of course, they go to Skull Cave, and he shows her the tombs of the Phantoms. Like, the Phantom is a legacy character. There have been, I think, 20 uh, Phantoms prior to the current incarnation. And um, the thing is, the, the crux of the biscuit is, the next Phantom has to be of the bloodline. You can't have just somebody come in and pick up the mantle of the Phantom. It has to be blood. And the, the Phantom was lamenting that um, he he's not married. He, he, he has no options to create um, a, 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 an heir. So the kids hear that. And they're like, oh, man, we can't let this Phantom be the last Phantom. we got to do something. So they, they do this... Um, it's a silly little thing where they pretend to be the Phantom and they write a letter. Hey, Diana, it's me, the Phantom. I want to marry you because I need an heir. And and they they uh, spell it A-I-R, <laughs> right? And they, they put it under her pillow. And it's obvious the kids wrote it. But anyway, so mean, meanwhile, the Phantom is, you know, showing Diana all around. He takes her over to Eden, which is a place where all the animals live in peace because... The 
the lions and the tigers are fed because they keep the pond stocked. <laughs> they, the, they don't, you know, you know, put the chomp on the, the gazelles or whatever. They, everybody's happy. And um, there's two dolphins there, Nefertiti and Solomon, and the Phantom and Diana riding on the dolphins, you know. And, and so he takes her back to the, the Skull Cave. I did not know this, or if I did, I glossed over it. The Phantom has a huge amount of riches, treasure, within his uh, possession. One of the things he has is Excalibur. Ooh. The Phantom has Excalibur. He also he also has the asp that bit Cleopatra. He's got a bunch of stuff, right? So anyway, long story short, he is very much a hoarder. Um, so Diana finds the letter, and she's like, mm, "Those pesky kids!" But it ends up that she take you know she knows that the Phantom didn't write it, but she ends up saying yes, like sure, I'll marry you. Why not? Uh, it, it's 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 a cute quaint little story but here's the point i'm trying to make long-winded um of course the phantom is by lee falk and cyberry at least in in this uh point in time so they recycled this storyline like five six years later it was called the proposal it ran from february 12 1977 a very important year to april 2 1977 and it's almost the same story Right? Phantom's trying to ask her to marry him, and she's wondering if she could live in this this uh, environment. Because while the place may seem like paradise, it could become as, as in, inhospitable as hell, like in the blink of an eye. There's one scene where they're having fun and they're frolicking, you know, with all the animals and stuff, and a fucking, you know, lion jumps out and tries to kill her. Or I think, I think it was a cheetah. But they, the Phantom just kills it. Just kills it, you know? Um, but anyway, so you have the same thing in this recycled story, except they tweak the details a little bit to reflect the uh, changing roles of women in America at that time. Because in the original story, they're just wondering, you know, if they should get married, blah, blah, blah. But in the, in the recycled version, she's got a good job. Like she's she's all over the, the world doing social work and stuff. And she's like, I got a great job can i live here and the phantom's like well should i ask her to marry me because you know she has to be here with me because the bride of the phantom stays with the phantom and she's like so it goes back and forth but he eventually mans up and's like i don't care where you you live as long as you come back to me so let's get married and she says yes but it's it's just a it's an updating um you know the the old nugget where the you know the wife has to be home with the kids and and be a housewife but in this 1977 version the phantom relents a little bit he's like all right she's a human being she's got a life that includes me but there's a bigger picture so i thought it was cool and you get both stories in this issue among other things uh rick norwood editor manuscript press comics review this I, I've said it countless times. I'll repeat myself. It's worth its weight in gold. Um, Ali Oop, uh, Flash Gordon. Who else is in here? Mandrake the Magician. You have, of course, Milton Kniff, Steve's Can Steve Canyon. You have Gasoline Alley. Like there's the hits just keep coming, 
alley-oop i think i mentioned it um it's just amazing get it i think they upgraded the paper too it's like a slicker shinier paper than what i remember the last issue being um but i may be wrong but it just feels heavier to me uh buzz sawyer by the um the amazing roy crane there's no lose here it just get it comics review yeah it's this is the stuff that just blows up my freaking world when it comes because i'm like do i want to read this or do i want to read the phantom with monkey mail freaking monkey delivering the mail like yeah you have my attention right and cyberry i mean the it is not workmanlike at all every panel is absolutely stunning even you know the the transitional panels where you know we're going between um events and stuff everything is rendered with a plum it is so gorgeous to look at cyberry's work amazing yeah Mm. yep there you go the phantom that I wanted to bring that. I want the first superhero. I wanted to bring that uh, to Jason because I know how much he loves the pulpy characters. Oh, absolutely, oh, I mean, and, and, and the strips. Top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 top. That's top billing. Yep. I have to say though. I mean, speaking of strips, I'm legit excited. Thanks to you sending me the first volume of the uh, the Popeye volume two. The second one. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. I made a little mistake. I mean, I love the format, love the slipcase, but. I have the the Fantagraphics oversized die cut Popeye library, and it's the I didn't realize it. It's the same stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah, different form factor, but it's. I mean, right. they 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 find new ways of of reintroducing this stuff to the market like all the time. Yeah. Well, now me and Jason can. That's right. Read yeah, them and, and, and we can I'll talk about. Them. I'll be right there with you. I would right. gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> One of the greatest comic book movies of all time. That's so good. Yeah, we always say that. We always so say that's such an un, un, underappreciated I wish, film. I wish that and and like uh, Johnny Dangerously were like streaming constantly. I, I those are two of my favorites. Um, not to compare the two. I just I think of one and for whatever reason, because I, I think when I think of watching Popeye, I'm like, oh, you know what else I'd like? I'd also like to watch. And I, I'll look around and neither one is like really streaming often. So I just. I grouped them together because I'm always looking for them together. But um, there's one. We all love anthologies. And we do. Generally, you know, we hope that even if even if one or two stories may not float your boat, hopefully the majority of the stories within the anthology um, you'll be able to take something from and 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 you know make it worthwhile. Um, I read an anthology where uh, it was um, it was uh, landed fifty fifty. There were four stories. Two of them I really enjoyed because two of them um, felt like uh, the people involved hadn't missed a beat, and 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 it it just it reminded me of what I enjoyed about the Triangle era because I read the Death of Superman thirtieth anniversary special. And um, mm. the Jerry Ordway written story, which was beautifully illustrated by Tom Grummet, which was that it reminded me of um, it, it just when you know, the Burn era Superman, which, of course, Vince and I 
will never stop gushing about having Clark's foster parents still alive uh, as he grew and, and, and became an adult and moved to Metropolis. And it, it helped ground him. It helped humanize him. And, and, you know, seeing them concerned because of what was happening to their son during that fight with doomsday it, it, it was just it was really well done and again it, it just reminded me of that era the other story of course wheezy still has it no doubt um and it, it of course focused on john henry irons because it was right before actually he becomes steel but again the the whole idea behind this 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 anthology was to cash in on the death of superman and the uh the story by wheezy was just you know john henry irons doing everything he could to help people uh while superman was uh, was busy and and i thought that story was great the first story though i'm like I, this is where things get weird for me because everybody's talking about how it's the 30th anniversary Meanwhile, you've got like little John Kent here, who's like, what do you, "How do you, I just? I'm trying. I was struggling with the <laughs> with the whole timeline and and how how a bunch of people, how a bunch of grownups remembered Superman dying, but here it is. It's like it's like, are you is how is how is Superman thirty years older than? It, it's just it just it, it boggled. I couldn't I couldn't finish the story. I couldn't get through the story fast enough to get to some of the the better parts of the anthology, and even you know. I like Roger Stern a lot, and and I thought um, I'm not a huge Guardian fan, uh, uh, and that, that story was fine. It it was it was um, when I compare it to what what Ordway and and Weezy did, um, it doesn't quite measure up. But um, yeah, since since we mentioned Wildcats, and I'm not trying to turn this into anything negative, I, I want to at least acknowledge what i enjoyed from the anthology and those two stories were, were definite bright spots in in the book it's crazy that guardian didn't become like a huge huge deal just morrison tried on. i think yeah i guess you're right he did that thing With but that I remember, soldiers, yeah like i i dipped into superman like everybody that wasn't regularly reading it because they were killing him and I, then I was just like, this guy is, must be a huge deal. He's everywhere in this story. Like, he was, I remember him being so sort of wrapped into the beginning of that Death of Superman. And that he's, that he's not just like one of the main uh, DC characters, you know, going forward out of that, out of their biggest selling book of all time. Seems crazy. Or I guess at the time, the biggest selling. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, I, I, I definitely get that. I, I think what I really appreciated about the, um, the Ordway Grummet hazelwood story was the flashbacks to the old triangle era because you have like from the the second issue or the third issue where um metallo is standing over superman the 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 burn cover they re they, they recreate that they recreate his time away from earth uh they talk about panic in the sky which you know it was it was a funky little story and i just i thought that there were um and then and and they you know Ma talks about uh, how, you know, a lot of what Superman did was, you know, basically being courier for organ donors and, you know, making sure that uh, people could live. And and it was just, like I said, I, I 
I wish we got more of that story instead of instead of the Leitman. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> uh, Jonathan's an asshole in this book. The kid's an asshole. Oh, he's, John Kent? Yeah, 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 he's all pissed yeah. off. And why didn't anybody tell me? Because maybe we didn't want to. Maybe we wanted to save you that the trouble of of knowing that your father not only did die but can die, like and and I you know appreciate Lois for saying listen you know yeah it was my bad and and you know obviously it's it's maybe they should have realized being who his parents are that you know with the anniversary approaching that it's possible that the other people in Metropolis may mention it and and obviously you know she can't control what somebody yeah. else talks about but yeah john john was definitely i was like what you, the? and you uh, would definitely think that damien would tell him you know like why wouldn't damien tell him just to piss him like oh yeah your dad died once maybe he'll die this time again because that's who <laughs> damien is you know like i i don't know i i whatever it was, i, it was I don't even want to waste waste it was a weird story i know i know yeah. Uh, the other, um, not quite anthology I read was uh, the new golden age, which I guess if you're a JSA fan, then, then this book is definitely something you should check out. I, um, the highlight for me were the who's who's entry at the back of the book, um, because they were all entries that, uh, we had never seen before and, uh, featuring characters that, um, you may not be aware of because, you know, you weren't born in the forties, but the, uh, the, I thought some of the art it, it's basically again it's the setup to do JSA book the Huntress is the main focus for the most part um, because John's wrote it there's like a page where you have uh, um, the marionette and and uh, so there's like that that throwback to the Doomsday Clock story it's just it's I it's it's weird Doctor Fate is also a, a, a a big part of it. It, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. It's weird. JSA just. It, it's not a. Um, I, I, I love all my friends who who love that that uh, that run that that Johns and um, was it Goyer. And uh, yeah, they they just I I know that you know it's it's it means a lot to people. I know I know Jason loves it. Um, run a cop, you see, man. Exactly, and and so I'm not I I'm not going to like come down on it at all. I, I anything that brings you here, I'm all for it. Um, but this uh, the the one shot really really didn't hook me. And and I, I I if I'm I'm not the target audience, and that's and that's fine. I I'm curious to see where things go from here, and and I hope you know. Hassan can can catch me up later on, and I'll I'll, I'll check out the podcast. But it, it's just one of those things where I'm just, it's, I think, I I I I, I appreciate DC just trying to figure out what to do with all of these characters from all different generations, and 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 try to make sense of it after so many years of of uh, from the original crisis and all the other crises since then. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, th- this whole thing with the stranger, it, it was, it, it, it was a weird issue. I know that, the, and, and I'm not trying to dissuade anybody. If, if, if you dig it, then that, that's awesome. Um, I was, I, I, I was keen on, on seeing a lot of the characters and, and different iterations of certain characters. 
Um, but something just, it, it just, it, it didn't, it didn't really click with me. Um, and that's a me thing. And that, and, and that's cool. But like I said, the, the who's who entries, I, I, I was all about that. If I can get, uh, if I can get those in, uh, in a loosely format, I'm all for it. A resounding endorsement. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got all right. So Tony's got to pick us up. Well, Tony, before we wrap up, Tony needs to tell us about this 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 new hotness that's coming soon. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people say if you want to promote something, you want to put it at the end of your two hour podcast with your friends. Listen, our people are legion. They listen from start to finish. They even listen to the bonus content. So don't worry about that. Well, good. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll give you guys the the scoop. Uh, this will be in in previews next next issue of previews. So you're on your next YouTube video. Uh, it's on the cover of previews, which I'm pretty psyched. Oh, about. that's right. Yeah, you look told at us you. That. Fancy. Um, it's called Local Man. It's me and Tim Seeley both writing and both drawing. Um, and it's about uh, a guy that used to be a superhero, but like he was a, a '90s superhero. Like, say he was in Brigade or like. Youngblood or something, um, and he's now been sort of like canceled and fired and and sent home, um, and so he he has to move back in with his mom and dad in this tiny town in the Midwest, and so it's just about sort of like what does he do now and is can he still you know have a purpose? Can he still help people? You know if he's if he's not being like this sort of splashy extreme superhero, uh, and, and like I said, it's called Local Man. Um, and it's super fun, uh, like the way we're doing it. Uh, Seely's drawing the flashback stuff, and I'm drawing the modern day stuff. Um, and then we're also getting like all kinds of people who, to me, are legends. But like we talked about earlier, like uh, I'm a I'm a '90s kid, so like we got a cover for issue two by Todd Nock. And wow. I'm just like, this- the, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, that's like we to me that's like George Perez or something. Um, uh, and so we have a, a cover by Brett Booth, and, and and we have like a bunch of guys that, that I'm super psyched about. Uh, Matt Michaels just did one. You know, like all these guys that were sort of there in the uh, like churning out in the in the mines during this time that, that we're mining from for this book. Uh, we're sort of t- trying to bring them out and give them their flowers and sort of and say like this, you know, we appreciate what you built so that we can sort of like jump off and tell a story based on on this sort of thing that we, you know, like people have done um, sort of like pastiche stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Celia and I were just like, we don't want to do a thing where it's like, how dumb was this? We would like to do something that's just sort of like because I mean. This might sound like uh, heretical or sacrilegious, but, you know, if you read like, you know, Bronze Age Marvel comics that you guys love or Silver Age books or Golden Age books, like sooner or later, there's you'll run into dumb stuff everywhere, you know, but it's just because of the time that you uh, that you read it in. It, it gets stuck in your mind like this was amazing. This was the best. And so for me, that's what that stuff was, you know, like, like I was talking about profit earlier, you know, it's just sort of like, depending on where you were, when you encountered something, it sort of comes along and and works its way into your head. And so in this book, it's sort of me and Seeley working our way through um, this stuff, you know, like we we sort of want to honor this stuff without doing like a, a rip off or a full, 
you know, like, uh, like nobody's like analogs of anybody. It's just basically like it's an image comic. Uh, so and so we can use some image characters and and some image settings and stuff like that. So it is sort of like this is a, say this character was you know fighting just off panel you know when you were reading you know Bloodstrike or when you're reading like the the f- f- sort of Damocles crossover from Wildstorm. Just imagine he's <laughs> you know, <laughs> sitting there with Stormwatch you know just off panel. Um, when is a uh, Chap Yaps cover coming out? I wish I could even find Chap Yap. Uh, you know, I've been collecting original art for years, um, and I've been trying to get like all my favorites from from Extreme specifically. Like, I have a bunch of Extreme Studios original art, um, and Chap Yap is there's one or two pages out there, and they're wildly overpriced because I, I think the people that know uh, the, the people that are selling them know that there's only a couple of them out there. I mean, if you know, you know. Got any Mark Pacella? Uh, no, I don't have a Pachella. I have um, a bunch of Robs. I've got a, a Dan Fraga. I've got a bunch of Todd Knox. I bought the original of the Todd Knox that he did for this book. Um, and just okay, then just a bunch of uh, other guys, Matt Michaels and uh, Carl Altstetter, who drew Bloodstrike, who's like a local yeah. guy out mm-hmm. here. Buddy of hopefully, mine. hopefully you got the Fraga stuff before he went... Uh... I did. Yeah. Good. Right. <laughs> I didn't have any uh I didn't have any moral compunction about it when I bought it. I thought it feel good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 the that's what's coming out next. I'm pr- I'm pretty psyched about it and I'm drawing it in a in a much different style than than anything I've done before, so I'm sort of excited for people to see that and and sort of, you know, uh, just sort of sh- show some other shit that I can do. You know? Yeah, excited for you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. Thanks for giving us something to talk about next previews video. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'll come back. I mean, maybe uh, maybe we'll bring Sealy or something. Like we'll 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 do like a full, you know, go into it at some point if you're up for it. Yeah, yeah. It's been I uh, got it. What's it been? T- Ten years since Sealy's been on the show, probably. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can get it. You got connections. I'll book him for you. <laughs> you got pull. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, we got to thank the patrons for making this possible. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. They're there for us each and every month, and we give back in return. If you would like to join, just check it out, and uh, we'll open the door for you because the more, the damn merrier. Right? In your travels, um, another book I talked about that Jason probably won't remember because I didn't... Uh, Here we go. <laughs> I, the book was not released at the time I talked about it because the only thing we've seen from this series to date was a little teaser in the Skybound 10 number 25 special. But the first issue came out today. It's by Lorenzo De Felici, and it is called Chroma. And while it came out today, I have not had a chance to read it, but I did look through the thing about 25 times, and I got to tell you, it is a visual treat. You have some dark, claustrophobic uh, sequences. There's some high-chroma exterior things. It it is just a beautiful-looking book. And um, I heard 
through the grapevine that it's sold out at the local shop. So I don't know if that's going to be a trend. Probably. Um, it is a magnificent piece of uh, art. I haven't read it yet, so full disclaimer. But if it's anything like the uh, small chapter we got in uh, Skybound 10, number 25, this will be uh, wonderful. So Chroma, number one, by Lorenzo Di Felici uh, from Image. Go get it. It's I think it's eight bucks. So it's it's bigger, and the production values are through the roof. Just go get it. The roof, he says. Yep. Okay. Um, in your travels, um, I don't know if Jason's going to talk about that, so we'll probably <laughs> team on it if he does. So I will. Um, I'll throw out. Um, World's Finest number eight and nine. I picked up nine tonight at the shop. Um, haven't finished it yet, but the um, it continues the uh, the introduction of David, who um, Speedy decides to name Boy Thunder, um, who is from another dimension, another Earth, um, has powers, and. Uh, Basically, his origin is very similar to Superman's. Um, Superman and Batman are kind of uh, basically kind of training him. And uh, Robin takes him to hang out with the Titans for a bit. Uh, Superman's trying to get him to control his powers. Uh, But there's something kind of dark, not necessarily sinister, but David's got some baggage. And and I think that's going to play out um, or at least come to light somewhat in uh in the ninth issue um which also starts off with david kind of teaming up uh, partnering with batman for a bit and he kind of um his uh emotions get the better of him and and uh you definitely see the difference uh in how they go about their work between batman and superman and um actually there's there's a pretty good line where um where uh you know, when when Batman's working, he's like, you have to understand that I work in the shadows and I'm silent, you know, to do my job. And they need to be terrified of me. Um, and, you know, you can't, it, it, logic over heart, you have to keep your emotions in check. You can't react um, because it will affect your work. And, uh and David's like, well, Superman says we should never be cynical. And, and Batman's like, Superman generally fights in front of cheering crowds against science criminals and world beaters. Uh, they love Metropolis for some reason, but in Gotham, the evil uh, leans a bit darker. And uh, we need to be prepared for that. So you definitely get you know, Mark Wade, and of course, beautifully illustrated by Dan Moore about issues. But, um, you know, Wade has a handle uh, on these characters. And that, that's to the surprise of nobody. Uh, the version of the Titans here is kind of a mashup of the old Teen Titans, uh, that lineup, and um, the Wolfman and Perez new Teen Titans, because uh, Wonder Girl kind of looks a little bit more filled out than her ponytail days or pigtail days, and uh, Aqualad has um, kind of has a grungy kind of look with his hair, and and but it's still it's 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 speedy and it's kid flash and um 
it, so it's familiar regardless of of when you may have started reading Titans. But I, I just love how there are just so many characters packed in into this book, and um, and yeah, and and apparently the the ninth issue, well, the, the Joker shows up, um, and we'll see how things go because uh, Joker and sidekicks aren't necessarily always. A good mix, so we'll we'll see if that uh, may uh, we'll see if the cover's a bit misleading, or if things um, lean maybe the way that uh, that they appear to be. But I'll finish the ninth issue when we're done tonight. But uh, yeah, in your travels, if you haven't, we've talked about it in the past. But uh, we've got nine issues to date. But check out World's Finest by um, Mark Wade, Dan Mora, and uh, Tamara Bondelin. Nice. Um... Not sure what you were thinking I was going to talk about. I'm curious. But uh, in your travels, I want to shout out three Marvel books quickly. Um, first, I want to shout out Black Panther. Um, I, I mentioned that it got off to a great start. It had an eight-issue first arc. Uh, I just read 9, 10, and 11. Uh, the, the, the second arc, it's written by John Ridley, who's doing great work at both Marvel and DC currently. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine at some point they're going to one of them's going to try and lock him down uh, to an exclusive, but but right now he's 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 doing both, straddling both sides of the fence, uh, and uh, uh, really terrific pencils by uh, Herman Peralta. A uh, lot of fun. This new arc, uh, basically, they introduce some new villains. Uh, the villain, the main villain, is called the Colonialist, um, and it's this like super weird, almost like Mister Mister Mixus Pitlick level. Uh, alien force that has tons of power but is talking to them in English but it's the way Ridley writes it is awesome because it's like it's it's totally alien English it's as if like you I don't know if anyone's ever ever tried to uh, you, you get like a, you come across a foreign website and you do the Google Translate you click on it and and it, it is translated but it's like nonsensical because they it, it it lacks the it, it it's not you know they take words and they kind of like force them into translation and it reads really ridiculous that's what this is like intentionally so you as the colonialist speaking to them it's it's uh it, it's just absurd in the way that he speaks to him it's it's pretty fascinating stuff it would be i think it would be very hard to try and write that way uh and, and he's got a his his sort of sergeant at arms is this uh character called the buffalo soldier so just just really interesting you know ridley's kind of He's low key bringing up really important points about uh, American history and 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 the mistreatment of 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 uh, you know of, of 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 black people throughout our history, but at the same point in time, like under the guise of these alien super beings, so it's it's interesting stuff. I, I've I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and then I've I've mentioned in passing before how much I think the two Captain America books that are out are uh, both really off to strong starts. And uh, I read four, five, and six of both of them, which concludes each of their first arcs. Um, Captain America, Symbol of Truth is the Sam Wilson book, and it's it's Sam and, and, and the new Falcon, you know, his sidekick. Um, that uh, It's written by Tochi uh, Anyabuchi, who's a relatively new to comics. Another guy that uh, that's, that's, I think, made his uh, made his way in... in in the prose world first and is now coming over to comics. Uh, RB uh, Silva did the art through the first five issues and then Ig Guara takes over with six and then I think seven and eight. Um, but, uh, but a Wakandan centric 
first arc where Sam gets wind of a potential um, ex- like massive terrorist attack in Wakanda and uh, basically has to deal with it. And the White Wolf is the uh, is the villain. And I've always liked the White Wolf. Uh, fun stuff. And then the best of the three, honestly, is Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty, which is co-written by uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Nice. Like the, yeah, they're like the new Adnet and Lanning, I think. Like they kind of always write together. Mm-hmm. Um, and pencils by Carmen Carnero, who um, moved from Miss Marvel to this Captain Marvel to this. Um, and uh, that's just terrific. It's 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 Steve living his life. You know, you got that 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 out of touch. Like, wow, I'm, I'm an old head stuck in a young you know body kind of stuff, which I really like. Where he's he's. he's it's it's still a foreign world to him because he was he was born eighty plus years ago, but um but it's it's weaving this really interesting tale about this group called the Outer Circle, which is a group of five super powerful people behind the scenes who have kind of pulled strings over the course of American history, and uh, the as the arc goes on, uh, Bucky, aka Winter Soldier, is front and center and has what I think to be pretty significant development for the character and sets the stage for Bucky to possibly be a new major big bad in the DC, uh, in the MCU or not the MCU, but in the Marvel universe. Um, so um, if you're a Bucky fan talking to you, uh, our boy, Justin, this is a must read uh, comic. And um, yeah. And I think Carnero is a really terrific superhero artist, like super clean lines and very, very good at the action stuff. So uh, there's a, I think it was, I don't know if it was issue five or six, but uh, in one of the issues, Steve and Bucky go head to head, and it's uh, it's basically a whole issue of them just beating the fuck out of each other, and it was great. So, uh, so yeah, big big fan of of those three Marvel comics right now. So, I know we don't talk as much superheroes as we used to, but uh, but there's still some good stuff out there. Love it. I got some superheroes in your travels. Uh, came out last week, I think. Uh, Batman Urban Legends number 21, an anthology book for you, Dap. Uh, a Hayden Sherman book for you. Oh, ben. shit. Ooh. Wow. Look at you. Uh, it starts off with a Michael Cho story, uh, but the second story in there, or maybe it's the third story, uh, it's Hayden Sherman. It's written by uh, my boy Dennis Culver, studio mate of mine. Um, but they're starting this three-part uh, serial called Arkham Academy, which is sort of like a scared straight in the Batman universe with these kids who are, some of them are the kids of supervillains. Some of them are just like henchmen or, or connected in some way. That's sort of the fun of it is sort of like figuring out how they're connected to these villains. And uh, some of them are lying about it and some of them are being straight about it. And, um, and then it's, obviously it's a Batman story. So it's got, you know, all sorts of cool Batman cameos and stuff. Um, but yeah, Hayden Sherman drew the shit out of it. It looks great. Colors by Jordi Belair. Um, and it's, you know, it's all, all new characters in the DC universe, which I think is always fun. Um, you know, we talked about that earlier with the new mutants, you know, like I, I like to see a new, a new character show up and, and sort of see what they're going to, you know, I, I like when somebody new shows up and, and, and you see how they fit into this world that's been around for a hundred years or 80 years or whatever. Um, and then to do a powerbomb number six, I just read today, um, and it's the penultimate issue. Uh, I don't think I need to tell anybody listening to this to read Danny Warren Johnson comics. It's just, <laughs> the ground has been well covered. Uh, but, you know, the master of sad dad comics, 
does it again. You know, this, uh, <laughs> it's action, it's emotion, and it leads you right up to the, you know, what will hopefully be just an action-packed, heart-packed finale. I, I'm sure it will be. Um, but if you haven't been reading it, it uh, follows the story of uh, Cobra Sun and uh, his daughter, uh, U.S. Uh, oh, no, Lone is his daughter, right? Which one's the daughter? You or Lone? Anyway, uh, they're wrestlers. Uh, and at first, she doesn't know that his dad is a, or her dad is a masked wrestler. Um, and she's fighting in intergalactic tournaments with sort of like super powered wrestlers uh, because the. Uh, promoter tells her that he can bring her mother, his wife, uh, Coberson's wife, back from the dead. She was a wrestler too, and she died doing a dangerous move. Um, and so, all sorts of uh, heart in this thing. And Daniel, uh, a, a big wrestling fan, you can see it on every page. Like he's doing all sorts of stuff. Um, and I don't give a shit about wrestling, uh, so <laughs> that, that I really like this book is a testament to how well done it is because it's not about, you know, like knowing about all this stuff. You can just, it's just there as texture. Um, and the story that he's telling sort of rides on top of it, you know, like rides on the beat. Um, it's great. Do a power bomb, number six, number seven next month. And then, you know, you trade waiters can read it when it comes out, presumably a month after that. Nice. I'm an issue buyer, but I'm waiting to read it. Uh, we read the first three issues when we had Dan on to talk about the book, but I haven't read the rest because I figured I'd wait until it was over. It does uh, continues its excellent trajectory. No doubt. Would you call him the master of sad dad comics? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really got that dialed in. Very, That's funny. <laughs> I was, I was shocked. He didn't uh, get the Eisner for that, that Superman story. He did. Yes. Yeah, one, one of the best sad dad comics. Everybody. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when I read his comics, I wish I got along better with my dad. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is wow. a man. This is dad. Does he have kids? I assume he has kids too. Right? He does. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Young yeah. youngsters, though, real young. Yeah. Yeah, he's really. That's, he, he, he bleeds right through in his work. I like that when somebody's sort of like heart is that close to the page. You know. Mm-hmm. He's an open book, that Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah, I met him on here, and then I, I didn't really... I talked to him a little bit at Heroes, but we hung out a ton at San Diego this year. Uh, super good. Obviously, you guys know this. Yeah. But, uh, super good. Uh, before we go any further, um, Tony has to flip a coin, because we are going to pick our... Or well, Tony's coin is going to pick our book of the month. For November. Look at that. Do you trust him enough to tell you the, the, the true answer, though? Well, no, he's not going to know. He's not going to know what he's doing. He doesn't know what's heads and what's tails. Oh, so, so we're going to just let him flip it, and then we're going to tell him. Right. That's good. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't trust him. Well, the real question is, can we trust Dap? Or is Dap already got it circled, no matter what it is? I do. <laughs> no, no, I do, and I'll, I'll explain why, because after we, we know, I know exactly which is heads and which is tails. And it it it's uh, it's very easy to uh, to match it up. It'd be stupid okay. for me to flip around. So, okay. I don't think you think I'm coordinated enough to flip a quarter. That's that's the coordinate. You could trust me. I don't know if this thing's gonna fly off under my fridge. Am I no, doing great. it right now? Yes. There we go. Hold on. Oh, Jesus! I caught it. Don't worry. 
Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I believe he said tails. <laughs> Who could tell? <laughs> he said tails, right? Hold that up to the mic. Wait, you said you said tails? Yeah. Yeah, he said it three times. Wow. I didn't hear it. We didn't Sorry. hear it at all. I heard it, yeah. Thank you. Okay. I need to clean out and your ears. And our first of the month is Pousse by Daniel Klaus. Oh, there you go. If it was heads, it would have been headlopper. Get it? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. There was no way for me to screw it up. So, factoid. There you go, folks. Nice. So we're reading some clouds. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us this time around. We got a big thanks to Tony for sharing time with us. Always yeah. a joy. Um, buy some comics. Eat some good food. Hug your loved ones. Get yourself out there and say good night. What's his name again? Timmy? There you go. <laughs> David. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad Tony didn't say it because we never would have heard it. Good David. Night. Oh, he's trying to screw you up. Is, is there a problem with my audio? Uh, no. <laughs> I plugged in the new microphone. It's a windscreen on it. Don't worry about David. that. It's those, it's those 50-year-old ears. I, I heard you. So. Oh, my God. That's Have exactly you you must have, Yeah, you must have said it like a dog then. Okay. That's exactly what it is. 50-year-old ears. I know you ears. hear my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it must be nice and cool out there this, this time of year. So sure. there was no AC running. I right. turn that oh. off. You're correct. Two <laughs> other things. Two other things. We uh, we are for those wondering because I know some of you audit us. Uh, it's it's a five episode month. Uh, <laughs> no, because we need to tell folks because they assume they assume now. I they know. Assume. I know. It's fine. Uh, it's listen, and they, it's talk, listen, it's hard out there for some folks. I'm thinking so. You know, all love, but we are just ever so slightly like a few dollars under the threshold of the six episodes per month. So if you would uh, like to see us back at six episodes, uh, you, you have some agency in that you can, if you've been on the fence about joining the Patreon, if you do so, you're likely put us right back over the threshold. But anyway, November is a five month month and uh, you know, it is what it is, but uh, yeah. And then um, next week is Thanksgiving week. So I will not be here. So I just want to uh, preemptively wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Hope uh, hope all the listeners have a good time. At least the U.S. U.S. listeners have a good time. Uh, you know, family, friends, all that. Keep the politics out out of the day. Don't don't bring up politics, and uh, life will be good. Yeah, maybe we should roll out a kid in a wheelchair like Jerry Lewis did, or something. Adorable. Yeah, give him a a bunny. Or a monkey. Yeah, listen, I mean, listen. It's a holiday month. I don't think we're sweating doing five instead of six, but you know. Uh, but uh, not too long ago, some folks mentioned that we we were, you know, that we had we had missed a sixth episode here or there, and, and they were right. But uh, maybe maybe karma is what it is because so now we're now we don't know now we don't have to do six episodes. So this economy's rough. Should... Listen, it's hard out here. People got. I mean, listen, I, inflation, right? If you, you see what gas costs. That's what I'm saying, man. If it if it's if it's costing you a G to heat your house, man, like I get it. Uh, are you going to Florida for Thanksgiving? Yeah. 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 Nice. All right, we're out of here. We'll be back. Well, two of us will be back next time. 
and just uh, stick around because it's it's gonna happen. That's a shitty outro. Let me do that again. Bring me in for Thanksgiving. Oh I'll come shit! Back three, three. Time. See, it's the three of you coming back. There you go. We'll just do oh. that. That'll be a fun surprise ending. Nice. Just tell them you love them. Tell them you love them. Yeah. Yeah, I do love them. I do. Uh, and uh, yeah. definitely. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. That, that's almost <laughs> as much. <laughs> Jason loves oh. you and read the 30th anniversary Death of Superman special. Because there you go. <laughs> listen. No, because, I mean, listen. I mean, I love the vast majority of you. Yes. Okay. There you are. You got to qualify. That's it for that one. <laughs>